Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday to you. The weekend is here, as is the return of Patrick Line tonight to Canada Life Center. Uh, lots to get to. Uh, I'll hopefully try and stay positive and, you know, speak more about tonight's game than last night's game. But unfortunately, we're going to have to revisit that turd that was served up last night at Canada Life Center. Uh, welcome to the program, Andrew Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus. We'll get Remo here in just a second. And uh, we do have a fun show today. As I mentioned, it is Patrick Laine's return. This was a date that I think many of us have had circled on the calendar for quite a long time. Um, the former Winnipeg Jets spoke this morning. We'll hear from Patrick Laine on uh, his thoughts on returning to Winnipeg, where he started his NHL career. And we'll also speak with Brian Hedger of the Columbus Dispatch to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets, their season so far, and in particular, the former very popular member of the Winnipeg Jets. A little later on, Ken Weeb, the birthday boy, the legit birthday boy, um, is going to join us today. I know many of you always say happy birthday, Ken, every single time he joins us on the program. However, it in fact, we checked with Hockey DB. It is his birthday today. So Ken's going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on what the hell happened last night and how they straighten it out and get back on track for a big game tonight against a team I'm sure that'll be quite motivated to come up with a big performance for their teammate against his former squad. And then at the end of the program, or in the final hour, uh, Nick Ziff's going to join us. Longtime warm-up listeners will remember uh, Ziff's amazing appearances on Friday afternoons. Um, and he's always been my go-to guy when it comes to soccer stuff. And we'll be speaking about the good, although it was a tough night last night for Canada, losing one nothing to Costa Rica, down 10 men somewhat early. But it is going to be clinching time when Canada takes on Jamaica on Sunday. And in the meantime, Italy is out of the World Cup for the second consecutive World Cup. An absolutely stunning result yesterday, losing to North Macedonia. So um, I'm looking forward to having Ziff on the program, finding out a little bit more, looking ahead to Canada, Jamaica, uh, as well as maybe seeing who he's sprinkling on in the weekend. At the end of the program, we will have a marble race. And our good friends at Canadian Club have stepped up big time today, folks. Not only do we have one of the Canadian Club Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodies to give away, but we also have a pair of tickets for tonight's game between the Jets and the Blue Jackets, which we will give away at the end of the program to somebody that is able to make it tonight. So uh, shaping up to be a great show, despite what we have to talk about to begin. And that is, of course, the Jets lost last night to the Ottawa Senators. Let's get Michael Remus in here. But first, let me thank all the sponsors that make WST happen each and every day. Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Manitoba Battery, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and of course our friends over at Canadian Club. Remus, what uh, <laughs> what's going on, my friend? Yeah, I'm just on, uh, first of all, I know it's Ken's birthday, but check out, if people don't believe it's his birthday, go to his Twitter page and uh, balloons come up. So uh, here, there it is. There you go. There it is. It it officially is his birthday. It, it so, is uh, actually Hockey DB well, confirmed. That's our two sources right there. That's journalism. Well, needless, Hockey DB, uh, yeah, <laughs> and his own Twitter account. Hockey DB and balloons on the Twitter page. Yep. It was one hundred percent true. 
Um, well, we've got a lot to talk to Ken about. I mean, uh, I know we're going to get into this weekend, Columbus and Arizona on the weekend, but uh, it will be hard not to spend uh, quite a bit of time wondering what the hell happened last night. I mean, I heard a number of people describe that as the worst game of the season for the Winnipeg Jets. And while I probably wouldn't go there as far as the actual play on the ice, when you think about the stakes right now and where the Winnipeg Jets are in this playoff race and their current situation, to come out so flat and lifeless and without urgency is, I mean, simply inexcusable. And um, that that is one that is going to take a long time to get over, I think, for some fans. Um, because it really did seem like the Jets had a pretty damn good opportunity to barge right back into this. And, you know, and frankly, first and foremost, keep up with the Dallas Stars. I mean, while the Jets were losing at home to the Ottawa Senators in regulation, the Stars behind the wedge wall were um, grabbing two points against the Carolina Hurricanes. So disastrous, disastrous night for anyone that was still holding out hope that the Jets could potentially be a playoff team. And um, not a lot of answers afterwards. I mean, we didn't really hear from any of the the leadership group, if you will. Although two of the guys that have become real leaders on this club, Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor, spoke after the game. And I mean, just massive disappointment that a game like that could get away the way that it did in the third period. Um, but what was even more concerning, Remus, I think, was the fact that, you know, if, if you just watched that game, you would have thought that that was, you know, a game in the first three weeks of the regular season or something. I mean, no intensity whatsoever, a, a complete lack of urgency, as I mentioned. And, um, you know, it's frankly inexcusable. And Dave Lowry didn't have very many answers after the game last night. Just an overall disappointment all around and a devastating loss for the Winnipeg Jets and for those people that were still holding out hope that this team could have a late season push and get back into a postseason spot. Yeah, just keeping keeping up with Dom's playoff projections. They were at about 15, 16% yesterday to make the playoffs. Now that has been cut in half, 8% chance. And uh, Joe Pascucci tweeted out what they're in the Jets game notes that they put out every day in their media guide. I mean, they put out, they have a second wildcard points race projected 98 points. The Jets have 17 games remaining. They need 29 points. Projected record needed, 14-2-1. So that kind of shows where we are. That makes me believe that 8% chance is actually really high that Dom has projected. So the game last night, you know, you think you're in a ripe opportunity to get that three-game win streak that you haven't seen since January. And you just have another one of those performances. Um, You know, we had the game against Vegas on Tuesday, which was, I mean, you got outplayed and, you know, pulled a win out of the magic hat at the end. And Connor Hell, you know, partly being Connor Hellbuck. I mean, I think Hellbuck's been fine, but you mean they're getting outshot uh, by Ottawa, by Vegas, which, you know, Vegas was missing so many guys. Ottawa's been a bottom team in the league. I mean, you're going through these stretches and periods where you don't get a shot for two thirds of the period or three quarters of a period. Um, it seems absolutely insane. I mean, the game was close going to 30. Thought maybe they could pick it up and generate something, but it just wasn't there. And you, know, you make a mistake on a, on a pinch, you, you get um, what you get a, a chance, odd man rush, and then they put it in. One thing stood out to me, and you know, we joked last week about Bruce Cassidy the Bruins coach, not joked, he did mention that, you know, the Jets give up a lot of slot shots. And I joked on Twitter that 
DJ Smith must have got the memo from Bruce Cassidy. Here's the heat map from Natural Statric. Look at this little area around the Jets slot where the Sens scored all their goals. That is just dark blue, getting the majority of shot attempts from there. Meanwhile, the Jets are taking like distance shots, hoping to beat Anton Forsberg, who had full revenge mode on the Jets last night and he's been very good there since well since revenge mode i mean that yeah. being said he did i mean the one goal that the jets scored was an absolute fluke mm. i mean josh morrissey was trying to center a puck to blake wheeler yeah. and forsberg somehow stuck a pad out and knocked it into his own net i mean that that was the offense for the winnipeg jets last night i mean it, it's very hard and listen i mean i want to talk more about you know line a coming back in this game tonight and the weekend um, and I mean, you know me, I mean, I, I try to be positive and I mean, I try to focus on, you know, what is possible as opposed to the negative, but I mean, I, I don't have much else other to say than it, 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 I mean, I, I can, it's hard to imagine a more damning indictment of a team than to be in the situation the Winnipeg Jets were in to play like that last night. And I mean, the Ottawa senators have tea times booked for this spring. They're done. They are finished. They were losing some of their, they were missing some of their most important players. No Shabbat, no Pinto, no Batherson. And the Ottawa Senators wanted that game more than the Winnipeg Jets. It wasn't even close. And, you know, and I feel for Connor and I feel for Ehlers. I mean, these are two guys that have done a lot of talking afterwards. And no, listen, they aren't the guys that are, I mean, they've sort of become spokespeople for the club because you know, I think those two and Pierre-Luc Dubois are the guys we see the most because the media ask for them because they're the ones that actually answer questions honestly. Um, and they were incredibly disappointed last night. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, you watched that game last night and you would have thought, you would have had no idea that the Winnipeg Jets were playing for their playoff lives last night. And, you know, to do it against a team that hasn't been winning lately, that certainly doesn't have the talent in the lineup anywhere close to the Jets have, um, you know, you, uh, you you shake your head and, and, and it really does ask the, the bigger questions that I think at times we've been asking all year long. I mean, what is wrong with this club? Because it's obvious that there are many things that, you know, that don't compute with. Listen, there's a lot of really skilled and talented players on this club, but as a team, they have so much to be desired. And, um, you know, you really do at these sort of times, look at the, the top players on the club. And listen, Connor Hellebuck, I thought was, um, you know, really held, held the team in there up until, you know, the dam broke late in the uh, second half of the third period. Um, but, you know, a lack of intensity, a lack of will, a lack of drive, a lack of pretty much everything that you'd want to have in a playoff team, never mind a legitimate contending team, um, was missing last night. And I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a fly on the wall around Mark Chipman, around Kevin Sheveldayoff last night watching that game considering what had taken place so far this this week with the trade deadline and you know with you know keeping Paul Stastny and you know adding a couple players to try to you know not, you know dull the loss of an Andrew Kopp I mean that wasn't because Andrew Kopp wasn't there last night that the Winnipeg Jets didn't win that's because they didn't show up ready to play a game that you know that style of game that lets you win in the National Hockey League and uh Tell you what, that one is right up with the worst losses of the season. You can decide amongst yourself whether it is the worst, but um, at this time of year, absolutely unacceptable. And I'm very interested to see how this team bounces back tonight, Reem. I mean, you know, I heard Ken talking last night after that embarrassment in what was it Minnesota, uh, where they lost seven to one. That was while I was in Saskatoon doing the. Uh, that was the Black Friday game, if I recall. That was while I was in Saskatoon doing those uh, shows of Coolbet for the curling. 
Um, and the next night they came out and beat the Calgary Flames. Now they beat the Calgary Flames because Connor Hellebuck stood on his head. They probably had no business to win that game, but uh, it'll be fascinating to see how this team comes out tonight against Columbus, another team out of the playoffs with not a lot to play for um, because they just didn't have it last night. And uh, at this point in the year, in the situation they're in, as I said, totally unacceptable. Yeah, incredibly disappointing to see that kind of performance, especially after Tuesday where you get bailed out and you think, okay, you know, you're playing teams out of the playoffs here three in a row, Ottawa, Columbus, Arizona, and you think you should beat them and you don't even give yourself a chance yesterday. And as far as disappointing losses, I mean, we're going to look back on the season and, I mean, it's just such a trend of playing, and we've seen this for years with this team, I don't know how to explain it, but playing down to the opponent, you know, the loss against Buffalo, at home, the Islanders. Um, I know the, the lost one nothing to Arizona, the Vimelka game, but I mean, it was just such a, I mean, the chances that they got were not, were not grade A chances, even though they were firing a lot of pucks on him. And it's just over and over again, you keep seeing this. And then, you know, they go to St. Louis and they're able to bring, you know, find their game and bring this intensity and you think it's going to roll over and it doesn't. And again, another one, the Monday home game against Chicago after the weekend, you know, great performance against Nashville. It's just so bizarre this team it's been so puzzling and i mean that's the one we joke the, the only consistent thing about this team the jets is their inconsistency you know when you think that they found their game and you know they're going to start playing well they revert back to what you saw last night it's just too many of those performances and you know we all want them you know to put go, go on a run and make a playoffs but I mean, it's just becoming more and more clear that it's not going to happen even if Connor Hellebuck, uh, after his shout-out on Tuesday, tried you know tried to pump up the team. Like, yeah, we're going to the playoffs. But, I mean, you look at, you can't have a playoff team doesn't have the performance. That, well, he was uh, trying to, night. I think, convince his teammates because, let's face it, they didn't show up for the first 15 minutes of that game either. And Hellebuck kept them in the game. And Hellebuck stood on his head throughout the game. And, you know, that is the sort of performance that can maybe instill some belief in it. But if he is leading the way, the rest of the team is not following right now. And um, you know what? I thought that he deserved a better fate, um, you know, with the way that he was able to keep the team in the game in a 1-1 game that, you know, was, you know, still very much there for the taking in the final 10 minutes of the hockey game, despite the fact that, you know, that, you know, the Jets hadn't been very good throughout the, mo- the, throughout the most part of the first 50. And, um, you know, and then you look at, you know, at, at where, you know, what had happened. And I think, you know, over the course, they were 8-3-1 and one over their last 10, 11 games. I mean, they were making some progress and you had a number of non-playoff teams coming in. You realized it was now or never for the Winnipeg Jets. And I mean, all I can say is that coming out of last night's game, I don't think it's now. I think it's probably never as far as this season for the Winnipeg Jets. And um, as I said, you got Columbus tonight, you got Arizona, you got Buffalo. Uh, but you're not beating any of those teams if you come out and play the way they did last night. And uh, that's what has to have been so frustrating for everybody. I'm sure in that locker room, too. I mean, it wasn't like they didn't try, but I mean, just the inability to get going. And I know there's there's a funny, you know, back and forth last night with Ken and a bunch of people that were hammering. I don't know whether they were hammering him or hammering Dave Lowry. And he was sort of sticking up for, for them. And he said, you know, a lot of this is really on the players. Um, but to be perfectly honest, um, you know, there is some element of responsibility of the coaching staff to, you know, get the best out of that team. And uh, I mean, to be honest, it made, I thought a lot about Paul Maurice 
leaving the club last night. I mean, this game in a lot of ways, Remo, I don't know about you, kind of reminded me of that Buffalo game. You know, a game where it was eminently winnable and there was no emotion, there was no urgency, um, there was no real desire. And it seemed like the other, the, the, the opponents, the far less skilled team was the one that wanted it more. And like, I don't know whether Maurice sat there and thought about the situation for a couple days after. Well, let's all remember that was a Tuesday game and he ended up resigning Friday morning, the day of that game against the Washington Capitals. Uh, but I mean, there was a, there would have been a lot of soul searching. I imagine amongst people in uh, positions of responsibility after the way the, the team played last night. And um, as I said, still lots of hockey left to be played, but they basically have to run the table almost, as you mentioned, 14-2-1. and one. Like We were sort of thinking they needed to go 14-4 and four the rest of the way into that. I mean, that's even a, a, a higher standard going forward. And um, listen, I'm not sure whether you're going 2-14 and 14 if you play like that each and every night. So uh, certainly they're going to need to be better. I would imagine that they will be. But what a missed opportunity and, um, you know, a, a lot of disappointed Jet fans last night in the chat rooms, online, and talking to friends after, um, you know, what should have been the start to a big opportunity for the Jets to push back in and uh, get closer to the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I was reading Mike McIntyre's call me and he said, you know, the Jets talk about how they are you know, fighting for a playoff spot and, you know, they have a funny way of showing it when you watch a, as you call it. They didn't fight for anything last yeah. night. It was... I mean, it was, something, it was something else to see that kind of performance. And you thought maybe it was a one-off on Tuesday against Vegas where you get outplayed by you know, a Vegas team that's been heard on the second game of back-to-back. And again, I mean, it's hard to you say, okay, you watch the two, last two Jets games. Okay, which team has all these injuries and is playing on a back-to-back? The Jets looked like more like that team. And then you last night, you're like, okay, which team is fighting for a playoff spot? Which team you know, already has a G-Times book? Well, the Jets... Uh, again, I mean, and again, it's pretty baffling. And I did agree with you. I mean, you do have reminders of that Buffalo game. And I did kind of think of, of Paul Maurice, how he would be reacting, uh, you know, in a post game. Uh, Dave Lowry after the game said, well, you know, they needed some more help from the forwards on the defense, not really calling anyone out in particular. And I think Kyle Connor, he kind of said the same thing. You know, forwards weren't really helping out uh, with the back check as well. But what, uh, yeah. What a turd, what do you call it, turd performance? Is that what you that call it? That was a turd. That was a turd. I uh, I think I referred to it on the lock shop today as the Jets served up a, a double XL sized shit sandwich for the folks that were at uh, Canada Life Center last night and it didn't taste good. Um, Anyways, I mean, we could literally sit here and bitch about that game for the yeah. next two hours. I don't think anyone really yeah. wants to do that, but we'll, um, we'll do there the is one, a game tonight. Yeah, we'll do the one positive from last night. Kyle Connor scoring his 40th goal of the season. What, first Jets 2.0 player to have 40 goals, 40 assists? Okay, yes, uh, you're right. You're right. But I, I, like, I almost had a bad taste in my mouth after that because, you know, that's a big, big goal for an incredible player that's having a monster season for the Winnipeg Jets. And you would think that, you know, Kyle Connor's 40th goal at home would be a real reason to celebrate. And I don't know about you, Rumi, but I mean, to me, that was completely, completely overshadowed by the performance of the team, the collapse in the third period, and the fact that, you know, it was done with a pulled goalie down three goals just, you know, a couple minutes after they were tied 1-1 in a game that they absolutely have to have. I mean, look, I, I'm going to look at, you know, when I put go put my fantasy rankings together next year, I'm going to see Kyle Connor had 40 goals 
40 assists and going to put him, you know, up there. So I'm not sure if I'm going to remember that it was, maybe I will now that you brought it up, but I mean, yeah, it was obviously you'd like him to score, you know, maybe the second Jets goal of the game while it was tied 1-1, but he, <laughs> he didn't. So he still got 40. He's having an awesome season. Like, I don't think he's going to get heart trophy conversation among around the league, but uh, it amazes me that he's, you know, that uh, what he's, Top in the, among the league leaders in goal scoring, in points as well. Um, so I mean, there he is. What is he behind? He's tied with Austin Matthews, who people are saying is a Hart Trophy nominee. So maybe, yeah, maybe Kyle Connor is. I'm not. He's definitely MVP of the Jets this year. There's no question about that. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, uh, and you know what? I'm interested to see is who shows up tonight. Who shows some of the will and determination that you expect to have in. You know, in, in, in a team, I mean, in, in guys that are real leaders on this club. Um, I'm listen. I'm expecting a big game from Pierre Luc Dubois, um, and I certainly think that Patrick Line is going to have a big one as well. I know there's tons of comments on Line A in the uh, in the chat, and we're going to hear from Line A in a minute. We'll talk to uh, Brian Hedger as well for a few minutes. Um, you know, I see uh, I see Alvin Bale. Is Line A still a 40 goal player? I don't think he is. He's a 25, 30 goal guy right now. Alvin. The, to quote Ken, I think we might need to get a, a copyrighted Ken Lee wake up to you. He's got 25 right now in 45 games. He's one of the hottest scorers on the planet right now. I mean, he's 25 goals in his sleep. And if he plays, keep in mind, he missed almost two months and his father passed away this season. Um, and listen, if you don't think Patrick Lyon is almost a lock for 40 a year, um, you know, if he plays all the games, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Um, that being said, let's hear from Line A a little bit. We're going to have Brian Hedger coming up in just a minute. Why don't you get those clips ready? In the meantime, we'll give a big shout-out to our friends over at F Apparel for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Shout-out to Andrew and the gang down at 190 Smith Street. They are Winnipeg and Manitoba's leader for affordable, styling, custom suits for men, not to mention dress shirts, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, Shoes, ties, accessories, and more. Hey, every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. We've got weddings coming up, graduations, parties, now that hopefully we're getting on the other side of COVID. If you are having a wedding this summer, uh, talk to them about a great deal for your wedding party. 15% off when the wedding party buys their suits from F Apparel. And um, if you've got a high school graduate, bring them down just with proof that they're graduating this year from a local Manitoba high school. Um, you can get a custom suit that they can wear for a long time, starting at 400 bucks, and they'll include a free shirt and a free tie for the young man. F Apparel, E-P-H Apparel.com, or pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street. Hey, today's the day at Vita Health Fresh Market, gang. Take advantage of already great prices on Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. But today... Friday, March 25th, it's Customer Appreciation Day, and you'll save 10% on everything in the store, with a few exceptions, and that's in addition to current sale prices. Now, if you can't make it into the store, visit their brand new, fully shoppable website at myvita.ca to buy online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. And if you're able to pop in, make a point of checking out that amazing Vita grab-and-go deli, including delicious and healthy lunch options like Vita Market salads, soups, sandwiches, and more. Vita Health Customer Appreciation Day today until close. Seven Winnipeg locations including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca.
And uh, while we're uh, getting some healthy eats over at Vita Health Fresh Market, um, when you're talking about health, the first thing it starts with is great water and staying hydrated. Um, the Culligan folks, family owned, doing it in Winnipeg for 65 years. The Stewarts have been uh, our go-to people for all things water, and they really do have it all at Culligan. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services, and for your business, commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whatever your water needs are for the home, for the cottage, or the business, Culligan can help you out. 1200 Sargent, 694-5180, and online at drinkculligan.com. All right, Remo, let's hear from Patrick Line. Um, lots of interest here in the market on uh, the former Winnipeg Jet and his first game back here in front of the fans that cheered him for uh, the first part of his NHL career. Um, Line spoke today and yesterday. And, uh, let's start it off with just here's Patrick Line on returning to Winnipeg where he had such great success starting his NHL career. No, it was, uh, it was exciting. Um, obviously, first first time back, kind of kind of nervous a little bit, not going to lie. Um, and especially, you know, haven't been here as a visitor, so I have no clue how things work here. But uh, no, I was just excited to, to see, uh, not you guys, obviously, but everyone else. Um, but no, it's, it's, been, it's been good so far. Is this one that, uh, you know, you sort of on the calendar because we needed to meet up with yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, been marked on, on my calendar, and uh, well, especially just playing Winnipeg, and obviously didn't get the chance to uh, to play when they were in uh, in Columbus. So uh, yeah, I've, I've waited for this day for uh, for a while. Um, not not so much of playing Winnipeg, but just coming back here and. Um, playing in front of these great fans again, so it'll be it'll be fun. On that note, what are you expecting tonight? Uh, for us to win, that's that's what I'm expecting. And from the fans, uh, I have no clue. Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll take whatever they give me. And just try to try to be the same guy on on the ice and off the ice that I was here. Um, and I think that's just that's just it. What do you think it's going to feel like getting on the ice and stepping on the ice for the first time here when it takes a visitor? Um, probably just exciting, a little nervous. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. Like I said, you know, playing in front of these great fans again, it'll, it'll be fun. And, you know, I, I enjoyed every minute of playing here um, because of the fans. They're just one of, the, one of the best places I've ever played hockey. When I, when I played here. Um, so it'll be, it'll be definitely, uh, definitely exciting. All right, there's Patrick Laine. Um, we're going to hear a little bit more from Laine. And of course, he'll be going up against Eric Comrie tonight, who is getting the start for the Winnipeg Jets. And the Jets do expect, um, they, they do expect uh, Adam Lowry back in the lineup tonight. We'll wait to see what the lines are like. Hey, just before we get to the next one, John Chan, why so much love for Laine when he wanted out of Winnipeg? Well, first of all, he was the one of the most entertaining uh one of those entertaining players we've ever had here in Winnipeg. And I think everyone will have those memories. And listen, everyone says that he wanted out of Winnipeg. There's certainly, you know, that did get to be the case, but I think, you know, and we'll probably talk about this more in the years to come as this team changes over. 
Um, but I think there's a lot more to it. I mean, a lot of people wanted to say, oh, it was just about money. Well, you know what? If you're one of the top goal scorers in the league, you need to get paid. The Jets are in the National Hockey League. You pay superstars to do that. And um, I still have major questions as to what happened within that team and why it got to the point that it did. Um, I'll couch those right now. We'll maybe talk about it a little bit with Ken a little later on. But um, it's very easy to make this all about, oh, this guy didn't like it here. Listen to what he's saying. He loved it here. He loved playing for the fans here. And I'll always be disappointed that it didn't work out long term as much as I love Pierre-Luc Dubois and what he's doing for the Winnipeg Jets right now. Um, here's another clip online. He talked a little bit about his season, which, of course, has been marred by the death of his father and injury and uh, was also asked about the Jets season so far. I mean, yeah, it's been kind of a roller coaster uh, emotionally this year. Uh, obviously, yeah, had uh, you know, uh, you know, dad passed away. Had a, I was out for two months with with an injury and um, won, won a lot of games, lost a lot of games. Um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been definitely uh, one of the toughest years, not hockey wise. Uh, that I've had, but I think it's just uh, you know a good good time to learn and uh, grow 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 as a human. And, uh, I, I feel like I've done that so far, and, um, but yeah, it's been a been a weird one. Patrick, how closely do you still kind of keep tabs on on the Jets? And uh, imagine you still have some friends on the team, uh, which how they've been doing this year, and any thoughts as to why they've maybe been so up and down this year? Honestly, I haven't paid too much attention um, probably watched not not too many games but obviously always checking the scores and how uh, how the guys are doing and you know a lot of the guys have great years and for uh, for the team's success I've no idea I haven't I've watched it enough and it's not really my uh, my uh, you know my job to uh, to try to analyze them why why are they where they are right now? But uh, but yeah, it's just happy happy for the guys that uh, you know a lot of a lot of my good buddies. So they have really good years. And, uh, just you know, wish them all the best. But not not tonight. All right. So there's Patrick lining on his season so far, as well as uh, the uh, the Jet season. Now, um, you know, obviously there's lots of questions. We'll always have questions. I think, or I certainly will be about you know why how it didn't work out here. I mean, you have the benefit of getting. Winning the lottery, getting the second overall pick. A guy is an 18 and 19 year old scores 80 goals in his first two seasons. I mean, how that guy isn't a player forever on your team. I mean, it doesn't happen very often where it gets traded before the end of his first contract. Um, Patrick Liney was asked, uh, you know, by the local media today if he thinks about why it didn't work here. Honestly, no. I uh, ever since the trade, I don't think I've uh, had many thoughts about it. You know, it's. Doesn't matter how much you think about it; like it's not going to change. Uh, so um, I haven't started analyzing it really. It's just, it just didn't work out for me. It didn't work out for the team, and obviously uh, they uh, they found a great, great trade for them. That's been working out. You know, Dubois has been really solid this year, and I see me and Jack over here. Uh, I feel like we've we've enjoyed playing here, and hopefully he, he's had the same here. So. Um, but yeah, just haven't haven't given it too many too many thoughts uh, thoughts this year. After the uh, last year and the trouble you had on Hopkins this year, which uh, we're sort of hear about, just didn't leave a tribute. That was a great streak you're on right now. Obviously, with the touches back, maybe did you ever feel a bit of 
Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just uh, like I've I've always believed, and I've been told that you know every, every time you work hard, uh, the success is gonna it's gonna come at some point. You know, it didn't come last year, and I wasn't working hard enough. That's no secret. Kind of kind of let it go at times, but uh, you know, I try to try to learn from your mistakes and not not uh, make them happen again. Um, so that's kind of what I took from last year. That I don't, I don't want this, this kind of season ever happen to me again. Um, so I had a good, good solid summer. Worked really hard at camp. I feel like the beginning was was good. Then obviously I had the injury and all, all the other stuff. And um, I wasn't expecting myself after that two month break to uh, to have a good start. Um, but yeah, after that. I just, just just kept working hard, and uh, the success kind of came to me after the hard work, and um, you know the pucks were going in and all that. But I think just uh, just hard work is uh, behind it. All right, though, there's Patrick Line. Certainly, some sounds of a little maturing on uh, an old number twenty nine, and um, he's going to be playing. It looks like tonight with the other guy that is making his return to Winnipeg. That certainly isn't getting the same amount of. Uh, Hub is Jack Roslevic uh, along with Gustav Nyquist, um, Jacob Voracek in the, the top six as well, along with Cole Sillinger and Oliver Bjorkstrand. And um, the other Finn on the team, Jonas Corposalo, who's become a, quite a good friend of Patrick Line out for the season. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, I think, will expect in the net tonight. And uh, JF Barube now the backup for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, we're just going to make a call out to uh, Brian Hedger from the Columbus Dispatch and hopefully get him on the horn to uh, discuss everything going. Hey, Brian, it's Andrew Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? Good. How are you? Awesome. It's great to have you on the program. We're live right now. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, you can imagine this is a, a big, big game. Uh, you know, one that you know people here in Winnipeg have been uh, circled on the calendar for a long time. Uh, from hearing from Patrick Line, I imagine it was the same thing for he and the Blue Jackets. Uh, if you could, I mean, for our listeners... Fill us in on um, the season that Line's had. Obviously, injury and marred by the tragic death of his father, uh, but he has turned into the uh, scoring machine that we saw in the first couple of years in Winnipeg in recent days. Yeah, he absolutely has, um, and, and it, it is a big game for him. Um, you got you got to think that uh, it's been more than a calendar year since that trade happened. Uh, you know, there was no. It was just all, you know, the the Canadian division last year and, and, you know, down here just playing the Central Division teams, which was a reworked Central Division. So he didn't get it. Like, neither him uh, nor Jack Rosovic uh, got a chance to come back to Winnipeg and, and, you know, play against their old teammates and friends and in their own old stomping grounds there. Uh, so it's a big game for them. Um, you know, as far as line A, it's, it's really been an interesting story to follow this year. Um, last year, he'll be the first to admit it was not the kind of season he wanted to have. Um, you know, he gets traded. Uh, who, I mean, he comes to Columbus, doesn't know much about it. Um, John Tortorella's there. Uh, you know, it, there's just a number of things that kind of worked against him being really good last year. Um, and I think that it weighed on him by the end of the year. He put a lot of work uh, into his game and, and you know, kind of refinding himself. Um, 
you know, when he was in Finland over the off season and when he came to training camp this year, um, I mean, he, he was a new guy. Uh, you know, it was, it, and it was, it, it didn't take long to, to notice it or to figure out that, that he was a new guy either. Um, it, it, it was right away. You're like, God, you know, if he could play like this, this could be quite a year. Uh, he gets off to a pretty good start. He'd only had, I think, three goals, and only one was in regulation in the first nine games. But they are first 12 games. I said, maybe nine. No, it was nine. And I think they went six and three with him. Um, and, and he had, you know, he was a point-a-game player. He had 10 points in nine games. Uh, and you're thinking, okay, this is a good deal. And then he gets hurt. Um, uh, a sprained oblique, um, you know, muscle in a game that they beat uh, Colorado Avalanche on the road. Um, he played well that game and he was out and he ended up being out for two months. It <laughs> kept him out for two months in that time. His father passed, as you mentioned, uh, unexpectedly, uh, back in Finland. So then, you know, he goes back there, spends time back there. I mean, he's not skating, uh, you know, a whole lot during that time. So, you know, it was going to take him some time to get his legs back when he finally did get back to playing hockey. That happened on December 31st when he finally returned, scored a goal in his first game back, and then just went into like a two-week, I don't want to say a funk, but just kind of like a two-week, he just wasn't playing very well again, Um, missing nets and all that kind of stuff. And then something clicked. I think he got his legs back. Uh, You know, they got the skating legs going again. And when it clicked with this guy, I mean, as you guys saw there in the time that he was in Winnipeg, it's just, he's a special player. Uh, and one thing that I think that we didn't necessarily fully realize because of last season um, about him is the playmaking ability. Like he is, he is able to make plays and make his teammates better, uh, which you know, we just didn't see that last year. We saw some glimpses and some flashes of excellence last year. Um, the goal scoring ability, the big shot. I mean, those are the things you notice right away this guy can really pass the puck around. And, and I think it's funny because Brad Larson, the coach, I mean, his, his, big, uh, his big challenge is to get him to not pass it as much. He wants him shooting that puck as much as possible as you can imagine. But when it's not there, he's able to, to not only pass the puck, he's back-checking right now. Like He's becoming more of a uh, kind of a two-way player, if you can believe it or not. He's becoming more of an all-around player, I guess is a better way to say it. In all zones, and it's fun to watch. Uh, he is a special talent. You know, uh, Brian, it's it's interesting you mentioned that, and we just heard from him. I mean, we, we remember him coming in. He said a bunch of funny things. He was a kid. I mean, he was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old when he was here. And, you know, you, you now, now move. It certainly sounds like, you know, there has been a real maturation of line A. And, uh, you know, he didn't speak too much about why things didn't work out here in Winnipeg. He spoke how much he loved playing for the fans here and, you know, you know, said a lot of the right things. Um, how long did it take for him, do you think, to kind of put the Winnipeg experience in the background? And um, was there any baggage that he carried to Columbus that is now gone as he's having this season that he's having right now? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I, I looked at that trade last year, and I think of the three main players or the three players that were involved in it. Um, Jack Rosovic adjusted fastest um, of, of all of them. And I, I mean, I think you could, what you were talking about there with line A, I think that did happen. And I think knowing 
uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and, you know, from his three years here, um, I, I think it's safe to say he may have gone through an adjustment period similarly there in Winnipeg last year. He didn't have the greatest last year, at least as far as his terms last year. And he's a lot better player this year. Um, we all knew that he was going to be quite a player for the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets eventually. Um, but, yeah, it took some time. And, and I think the same exact thing happened with Line A here. And, you know, I don't know about baggage, but, like, you know, he comes in here uh, to Columbus uh, last year after the trade, Line A, and uh, immediately clashes with the coaching staff. Uh, and, ironically, it was there was one game, and everyone remembers that he got benched for the entire third period of the game. I think the last, like, six minutes of the second period – and the in the last uh, or the whole third period, um, it, was, it was like I think he was only here like a week, week and a half, maybe two, and he's getting benched for the whole time. And everyone's like, "Come on, Torrello, what's going on?" Well, I mean, John Torrello said that uh, you know Patrick Line had some choice words for uh, an assistant coach, uh, basically on the staff. Well, that assistant coach turned out to be Brad Larson who ends up replacing Tortorella, um, you know, over the summer as the head coach. And you, you immediately thought, like, well, how's this going to go, you know, after that? But it's interesting to, to, to look at the dynamic that, that has developed with Line A and Larson right now. Because Line A, you cannot deny right now, he's playing the best hockey he's played since the trade, obviously. But I, I think you could argue he's playing some of the best hockey of his young career so far. And he's doing it. You know, at the request of of Brad Larson, and and you know, Larson is different than Tortorella. I mean, he's he's the same as far as the standards and things like that, but he's also different. He you know he has different offensive philosophies. He's loosened things up a little bit. I think he's allowed Patrick to kind of find his game again, the the way he likes to play best, uh, and it's working out so far. So. I don't think there's really much baggage or if any at all uh, carrying on from last season. If anything, he just doesn't, he's done talking about last season. He wants to focus on this season. Yeah. And it seems like he's focusing on it and he's getting the results that um, are, you get out of Patrick Liney when, you know, he's at the top of his game. You know, you mentioned Larson, how much credit does Larson get for, First of all, the way the team overall has played. I mean, I think a lot of people had pegged this team the way last season ended to be near the bottom. And listen, they're not going to be a playoff team, but they have been very competitive. They're winning games. Um, but in particular, the play of Line A. Um, and, and then maybe tell us about Roslevic's season as, oh, overall, because like many younger players, there's been some ups and downs, but he has been getting some opportunities to play in the top six. Very, very much so. It's, it's interesting with you know, Rossovic and, and, and I guess we'll start with Larson and the way the team is playing. I mean, they're above 500 if you look at it. And uh, like you said, virtually nobody outside of Columbus thought this team could do anything other than finish last. And here they are fifth in the, in the Metro. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I think a lot of the veterans in the room are really disappointed about that. Um, Cause they, they thought that they actually made, I mean, nobody else thought they had a shot to do it, but, but a lot of those guys thought, Hey, if, if we can stay healthy, if we can do this, we can do that, we can make a run at this. And there's an interesting, um, that the statistical split. If you look at it, those 20 games that Patrick line, missed, I think they turned out to be pretty critical to this team because if you look at, at their record, I think it was six, three and zero oh, before he got injured. 
And since he's come back, I believe they are. I mean, I know they have a their their record. They're one of since January 27th. Let's put it this way: since January 27th, when he really started, you know, playing like Patrick Liney that we all know. Um, if you look it up, they are, as far as points goes, they're they're among the. I think they're fourth or fifth in the league, or tied for third or fourth in points in the entire league. That's almost two months now. You know, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people realize how well these Blue Jackets are playing as far as scoring goals. I mean, look at the goals scored. This was a team for two years. Uh, the past two years couldn't score a goal. They, they played defense and they had goaltending, couldn't score a goal. That was the problem, right? Like, Blue Jackets are, are how, where are the goals going to come from? This year, they're like, in, since January 27th on, I think they're averaging 3.83 goals a game, which is more than a goal per game you know, above last year, a lot of that is Patrick Line. And you can, you can make a direct kind of line there of, you know, with Patrick Line and without Patrick Line. With them, they have been so much better because they just have so much uh, offensive firepower. People have to worry about them. And as far as Jack Rossovic goes, I mean, it, it was a really rough season for him this year until about, I want to say about a month, month and a half ago, he had a, 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 just a kind of a brutal, there's no way to, way to put it, yeah, a brutal turnover in Calgary when they were on a road trip. Uh, it basically kind of led to their undoing, or, or it was one of the things that led to their undoing in, a, in another blowout loss. I'm sure a lot of teams have experienced that with Calgary this year. But Jack really took it hard. And um, just I think, I think it flipped the switch. And I think he decided, you know what, I'm going to take uh, some of the stuff that they're, they're talking to me about really going to focus on it that the defensive zone stuff as a center and um you know he took his lumps they had him down at the fourth line at one point centering the fourth line playing about nine minutes a game and then there was i i can't remember the exact game but i remember being at a game and about a month and a half ago or so and larson decided to flip uh, Russell Fix in the fourth line and Sillinger, the 18 year old youngest kid in the nhl who was centering the second line at the time he flipped them and, you know, put Stillinger on the fourth and Roslick up with the second. And it just, it clicked. Like he, he started taking off. He started playing a lot better. Um, some of the stats started coming along, you know, the more he was there. And then Boone Jenner went down. Uh, Boone Jenner's had a phenomenal season for a rebound season for this team. He's been the number one center pretty much the whole season. Uh, he goes down with a back injury. He's week to week. He's out. They have no choice but to, to give Jack a shot to play on the top line. Here he is. He is their top line center right now, playing with Patrick Line and uh, Gus Nyquist on the left wing, and they're and they're they're getting it done. Um, they're they're playing pretty well together. It's fun to see. And, and you know, Jack's only 25 years old, and he told me I want to say I talked to him for a story about or like shortly before the deadline, maybe about a week before the deadline or two, and he basically said, look, I'm getting to an age of my career. He's like, even though I'm still young, uh, he's 25. He's like, you know, I have to start figuring some, some things out for myself. I have to figure out who I am in the NHL, what I am, who I am, what position am I going to play? He goes, I got to figure all that stuff out. And so I think that's what he's doing right now. I think he's a man on a mission trying to prove that he can play in the middle and he can play top six. 
How uh, how have the two players been um, embraced by Columbus Blue Jackets fans? I mean, you know, Line comes in as the guy that was traded for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was their top center. And, of course, Jack Rostovic with the added pressure, I'd imagine, of being the first ever Columbus product in the National Hockey League. Well, you know, obviously it was a little easier for Jack at first. Um, Jack's from there. You know, people know who Jack Rostovic is. I remember a game last year. Not not too long after, uh, you know, he was officially brought over and, and you know, played his first couple games. Somebody in the stands had found like his high school yearbook photo and blowed it, blew it up into a big like poster or something, you know. And, and, and he's just so. I mean, he, he's Jack Rossbrook. Everyone knows he's from around there. I think it was it was a little easier for for him at least to start out. Um, for for Patty, it was a different because as we talked about. It was a rough year, right? And there were times when, I mean, let's just say, like, say that it was. It looked like he was dogging it. He may not have been, but he looked lost at times um, out there last year. And I think that a lot of Blue Jackets fans said, "Oh my God! Like, what did we do? We traded Pierre Luc Dubois, a number one center in the NHL, or at least a top six center who's a power forward, a young guy, and this guy looks like he doesn't even want to be here." Um, totally different story this year. Um, he has completely uh, turned his whole game around. His personality is interesting, too, and I'm sure you guys know this as well from dealing with him there for uh, as long as he was there, is that he's so bl- uh, brutally honest. Like, he's just an honest guy. Like, he doesn't give you any of the sugar-coated BS or anything. Like, he, he'll talk in hockey cliches every once in a while, but mainly he, he just tells you what he thinks. And, you know, I think that, that kind of style or that kind of personality – takes a while to grow on you and i know for us we like it's we really like dealing with them um it, it took a little while to for all that stuff to grow on you but once it is it, i mean it's a it's a charming thing you know that that because you don't see that with a lot of the stars in this league they're afraid to say anything a lot of them and he's not afraid to say anything and i think it's really refreshing from that aspect and i think at this point everything i see from fans is you got to sign this guy, you know, like back up the Brinks truck, back up the armored truck, just give him what he wants, make sure he stays here and that people know that he's our face of the, you know, face of the franchise for however many years to come. Well, you know what? And Brian, thanks so much for joining us. I'll finish with you on this question. Uh, And it's exactly that. What is the prognosis for a long-term extension? Uh, Do we know whether that's been talked about and, uh, um, are, or does the blue do the Blue Jackets expect that Patrick Laine will be the face of their franchise for many years to come and sign him to a long term deal? Start out real quick on this one. The fact that you didn't hear his name at the trade deadline at all, uh, really, uh, unless you were reading some finished reports. I don't know where they're getting this stuff, but um, but you didn't really hear his name being out there, and that should tell you something right there. Because that tells me that the Blue Jackets are—I mean—they know they're going to have to to talk with him uh, and his representation in the off season, right? Uh, I think Patrick wants to—I think he wants to focus on this season, uh, finish it strong, and then talk about you know the future. I did talk to him, uh, and you can find this on Dispatch.com. Uh, I, I did do a story recently where uh, he basically said he loves Columbus. Uh, I asked him point blank. I said, look if you were to sign a, an extension here, like a contract extension, like a multiple year deal, 
would you be happy? Because I absolutely, I love it here. Um, and it's, and that was interesting to hear because, you know, as I go around the league, you see some of the Finnish reporters that are around and it feels like they all feel like he's going to automatically be traded this summer. Like they're just waiting for the trade to come along. And I actually said that to line A too. I said, you know, to Patty, I said, you know, like every one of these guys I talked to, you know, they kind of feel like you're, you're getting traded somewhere this, this off season. And he kind of laughed and he said, he goes, I don't know where they get it. He goes, it's not coming from me because I really like it here. And he goes, I would like to stay. And so he didn't say that they have started conversations, but I, I get the feeling, I don't think anything really official, you know, hard line has started yet, but I get the feeling that, you know, they're starting to come around to that. And, and in the off season, they're going to, they're going to take some serious looks at it. Ryan, thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate you joining us. Uh, it'll be an interesting night tonight. I'm sure the uh, former Jets will get a warm welcome, and uh, then we'll see what happens between these two teams once they drop the puck. Absolutely. It'll be fun to watch. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. See ya. There's Brian, There's Brian Hedger from the Columbus Dispatch. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Hedger. All right, we're going to uh, get Weber in here in just a second. Um, before we do that, Big thanks to our friends over at Manitoba Battery. And I know we've been talking about winter batteries and cars, but guess what? The spring is allegedly here. I don't look outside right now, uh, but we're going to be very soon putting this miserable winter behind us and getting ready for spring cleaning and spring fun. For some of you, you're going to need batteries that are going to help you get the job done for your lawnmower, the drill you're going to build your new deck with, the tractor that's going to help you get the crop in for all our farming friends out there. Whatever the job is, Manitoba Batteries got you covered on the battery front. And, uh, you know, for the fun stuff, whether you've got a summer hot rod, a golf cart that gets you around from site to site at the lake, a motorcycle hitting the road with, or a boat, Camper Manitoba Batteries got you fully covered there. Anything that needs a battery, Manitoba Batteries got it for you. They deliver anywhere in the city with same-day delivery when you order by 1.30 in the afternoon at a much lower price than what you would have to pay at one of the big box stores. Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue. Give them a call at 783-8787 or find out more online at manitobabattery.com. Uh, I have a feeling there'll be a few Line A jerseys in the uh, crowd tonight. And when you're thinking jerseys, Jets merchandise, and Jets gear, one place for all of that is Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. Thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, including many exclusives, not to mention exclusive Bomber Championship gear still available, and the best selection of NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, international soccer, merchandise, and more is all over at Royal Sports. But it's much more than just merch. Massive hockey section, snowboards, fitness, and with spring right around the corner, they are the superstore for all your baseball, softball, and soccer needs for the upcoming season. Pop down and see them, 750 Pemina Highway, and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale news. Um, and our friends at Royal Sports, or our friends at Not Autocorp, I should say, have a great program right now. I know many people choking when they go to uh, their local gas station to fill up, thinking about potentially going into an electric vehicle. We know Teslas have been the leaders and Not has been the Tesla leader in Winnipeg for just about 10 years with many Teslas on the lot. 
Find out more about the Tesla experience where you can try, drive, and learn about what it's like to be in a Tesla. Uh, it's a great program right now. You can find out more at Not Autocorp on Twitter or check out online at not.ca or pop down and see them in person over at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. All right, let's get to it. Weeb's World with us. Ken Weeb joins us now. First things first, happy birthday. <laughs> 364 days a year you get wished happy birthday and we kind of go okay but this actually is it and and uh, you don't look a day day older than 40 right now still looking hustles, like a million uh, u.s tax-free hustles uh, great to be with you uh rocking the uh f apparel here today so uh it's a it's a it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood um entering my uh, late 40s with uh, a some vigor. Let's hope for a, a little bit of panache. I don't think I'm going to be able to rival Patrick Laine's suit tonight, but uh, tried to bring out a solid one. Uh, should be a fun day at the uh, downtown barn here. There's no doubt about that. Well, speaking of vigor, you had a lot last night on <laughs> Kenny and Rennie after the game. Uh, I wish that the Jets had an ounce of what you brought to the post game last night in that game against the Ottawa Senators. I mean, I, I don't even, I mean, we won't spend too much time on it because there's lots of neat things about this game tonight, the return of line A and whatnot. But um, I mean, absolutely inexcusable. I mean, for this team to be in the situation they are to put forth a performance like that against the Ottawa Senators can uh, I can't imagine. I said this earlier. Can you imagine being a fly on the wall around Shevel Day off or Mark Chipman in the press box last night watching that? Well, even too to be in the coach's office, Huss, uh, I would I would think that any garbage can would have been in danger uh, based on what was seen on the ice. Uh, uh, absolutely uh, disappointing, uh, demoralizing effort by the Winnipeg Jets. I think it was one of their poorest showings. I won't go as far as Sean did in saying it was he thought it was their worst. I still do think that that game in Minnesota was a worse effort overall. But man, oh man, if you can't find the urge again, and the irony in all this, Huss, urgency was the word that Dave Lowry used to describe how his team went on that eight three and one run that got them back in the race, and then they showed absolutely none of the required urgency until it was four one. I mean, that that is as you said, that is inexcusable, and. I am absolutely fascinated to see how this group responds. One thing we have learned about the Jets this year, Huss, they have been able to uh, turn the page on def deflating efforts. Uh, and obviously, given their scenario and circumstances, uh, they can't afford anything but a inspired response. But to me, the most troubling thing, Huss, was this. Paul Stastny, spitting fire, truth serum, unfiltered, mentioning that the Jets got lucky against Chicago then got a game stolen by their goaltender and yet still came up with that effort in a game they absolutely had to have. Uh, that was the thing that was absolutely baffling to me, Huss. I mean, if you've identified that you weren't good enough in the two previous games, how on earth can you not be good enough in the next game, even if it's a team against a team below the playoff line? I mean, as someone else pointed out, I think it might've been Avco cup. Um, the Jets are also a team below the playoff line, so um, maybe they, you can't be as surprised. But this again, this is again, it's different circumstances. But last night was in some ways a Dennis Green special. The Jets are who we thought they they were. Right, this is who the Jets have been this year. They've been a team that gives you a little bit of temptation and tease, 
and then they disappoint you, right? I mean, that has been their, you know, it's not intended to be that way for the Jets, but that's the way the season has gone. Every time you think they might be turning the corner, oh, no, no, this will be the time that they get to three in a row for the first time since January, they stub their toe with the self-inflicted wounds. That has been the story of this Winnipeg Jets season, and it was you know on display for all to see on Thursday night against the Ottawa Senators. Let me ask you this, Ken, and I don't like going here too often, but I think we sort of have to today. Um, in situations like the Jets are in, um, you look to your leaders, you look to your veteran players to do exactly that and lead the way. Um, did the Jets have a leadership problem? Well, I mean, Josh Morrissey's part of the leadership group. And uh, again, I didn't actually get around to him last night, but I think he was actually one of the few players who actually had a solid game yesterday for the Winnipeg Jets on a night where uh, the passenger count uh, outnumbered the uh, successful player count by a substantial margin. Um, so let's give Morrissey a pass. You know who I'm talking about. I I know who you're talking about. And uh, were Mark and Blake good enough yesterday? No, Uh, here's part of the problem. Mark had two assists. I mean, but I I don't think Mark could look himself in the mirror and say that he had a good game yesterday. Hots. I mean, one of the assists was a, a bounce off the guy's shin pad, right? I mean, to me, it wasn't like he made a perfect pass onto the tape of Kyle Connor for his 40th goal of the season. I mean, Kyle Connor is also part of the leadership group. I thought he had a decent game, but uh, you know, did I think the Jets' top line was good enough last night? Absolutely not. They were not. They were not good enough, and it was reflected in the race time. We talked about this a ton this year, Hus. Bolt Shifley was under 19 minutes for the you know first time in a I think. Yeah, I would say, I would say the reason for that is is that they didn't work hard enough to even draw one damn penalty in the game, and he didn't get his 75 or 85 80 percent of power play minutes that happened True. each and every game. True, Hus. But like I said last night, and I think you agree with this. I mean, this wasn't just a two-player problem. Oh no, definitely, Dave Lowry definitely had, not. I, I was saying this before. I mean, if you're Dave Lowry, like you're literally looking down the bench and saying. You know, we know what DJ Smith did. DJ anyone? Smith had DJ Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> anyone? I mean, DJ Smith had no problem riding his top line every second shift for a stretch because they were flying. The Jets had nobody flying. Man, oh man, we talked so much about the Gus bus being parked. I mean, the hangar, they didn't have enough gas in the plane last night. They couldn't get it off the ground. Yeah, it. Um, I mean... As I said, it, it it was just stunning. And I mean, you know, you can lose games, but the way that they lost that game, I think, was the most troubling to, to everyone around. And I mean, listen, I think it just reinforces some things that have unfortunately been topics throughout this season as to what's missing with this team and what needs to change. And, um, you know, if they were all on the fence about some of the things that need to change last night, I think, was an emphatic push in that direction to make something significantly different about this hockey club next year. Because, um, you know, listen, when you look at what Ottawa put on the ice last night, and we could say the same thing about Vegas the game before and Chicago the game before that. I mean, when you look at what the Jets are coming to play with as opposed to their opponents over the past week, um, you know, and in the situation that they're in, um, you know, a good team that makes the most of what they have at their disposal should be... I don't want to say there's nothing easy in the National Hockey League, but, um, you know, it should be winning. And to win, you have to show up and you have to give those sort of professional efforts that, you know, 
that, that, that win you hockey games, and we haven't seen that enough, and it certainly hasn't been consistent. That The only thing consistent that's been about the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets this year is that you never know what you're going to get from night to night. And uh, considering the circumstances of this club and where they are in the season, I mean, it was um, it was absolutely, uh, it, it, was, uh, it was stunning. So let's move on to tonight's game, Ken. Um, you know, I mean, listen, if you still hold out hope that the team can go on some sort of miracle run, um, you know, they can't wait any longer, especially after what happened last night with Dallas winning and Vancouver getting a point against Minnesota. I mean, pretty bleak this morning waking up if you're still holding on hope to the playoffs. Um, but what do you see coming out of this dressing room tonight for the Winnipeg Jets? And and first off, I guess maybe before about the emotional makeup of the club and how they respond. How do you think things are going to look on the ice? Adam Lowry is going to be coming back. Um, do you think we'll get Nikolai Ehlers back with um, with Connor and Dubois and Stastny moving back up to uh, up to the top six with Sveshnikov moving down? Or do you think Dave Lowry continues to to go with Ehlers alongside Shifley and Wheeler? That's a great question, uh, and I don't have the answer. I mean, obviously, I know Dave Lowry spoke a little bit briefly this morning, but uh, no morning skate except for the optional guys. Uh, it's interesting, Huss. I mean, you can go a lot of ways, but, I mean, you know I'm a huge fan of the way Evgeny Sveshnikov has played. Last night was not a great um, masterpiece for his outing, and there were too many turnovers. And so could I see him getting demoted? Of course I could. I mean, um, Ehlers has shown some signs with Shifley and Wheeler, no doubt about that. But we also know that Wheeler and Shifley kind of prefer a straight-line player in a lot of ways. And Paul Stasty is obviously more of a straight-line player. Uh, we know how dynamic the Ehlers line with Dubois and Connor has been uh, for them at times. So I, there would be some temptation to go back to that as well. Um, Paul Stastny also brings that defensive conscience to that top line as well. So I, I do expect Stastny to go back up with them. Uh, the Jets missed Adam Lowry in those two games. He was playing some of his best hockey, not only of this season, us, but of his entire Jets career leading up to him landing on the COVID list. So uh, I, I'm excited to see what how he looks with, with Mason Appleton and uh, Zach Sanford. And again, the one thing too, I mean, we totally understand that, you know, fans ride the emotional roller coaster. Players know how to handle this. I mean, and I, I don't think for a second the Jets left the ring feeling happy about themselves. They would have been ticked off about what happened. But again, now it's all about you can't change it, what happened. So you got to rebound and they, try. Hold on a sec. Do they know how to handle it? Like, I'm not sure that this team does know how to handle it. There's been no evidence whatsoever this year that they've handled any of this very well, Ken. No, sorry, Huss. What I mean to say in that is that they have not handled their, you know, press clippings and reminders of, hey, these guys are still in it. And then they stub their toe. But then they seem to they, like they kind of undertaker style at WrestleMania. They find their way to pop the lid out of the coffin and say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, my bad. I mean, we should have got to three in a row. But here we're, we're going to, you know, it's like the, the, the thing that keep you keep punching it and it keeps popping back up. That's what the Jets have been like this year. I mean, of course, people don't like it, but those are also part of the facts that have made this team so confounding. And on, honestly, Huss, that's why I wrote in my trade deadline piece. I mean, the Jets core has an opportunity in the final quarter of the season to rewrite this chapter of the book. Yesterday was not a very good chapter for them. And if they don't get it right during the final 18, there are going to have to be significant changes. And I, I, these guys are smart guys, Huss. They know that if this situation doesn't improve, they're going to have to make some changes. I just don't think there's any way around that. And Huss, the excuse meter has to be low. The Vancouver Canucks 
beat the Colorado Avalanche, then played the Minnesota Wild and got three out of four points. So that is what urgency looks like. So if the Jets want to say stay in the race on the periphery, there's no oh, – I don't want to hear anything about a back-to-back. The Jets – other teams play back-to-backs as well. So they need to show up today and they need to stand up and be counted. No doubt about that. Um, You know, the <laughs> I, I'm interested in – in how Dave Lowry handles this tonight. And, you know, we spoke a little bit about how the lines, you know, will look and, you know, certainly how things will go. And I I, I do think that the reemergence of uh, Adam Lowry back in the lineup is certainly going to help from, a, you know, you know he's, he's a guy that I think for the most part, you know what you're getting from Adam Lowry each and every night. And, you know, maybe the energy that he brings in, some of the physicality would have been a nice boost for them on the third line last night. But honestly, I think everyone's going to be looking at, you know, the top players on this team and how they respond tonight. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure at this point if it's, I mean, frankly, I think it is too late, to be honest. I mean, you know, unless this team's going to win 14 of their last 17 games, which, to be honest, seems like um, an impossible task. Um, It'll be games like that last night, Ken, that I think will be sort of the story of this season, because... You know, how many times have we had conversations, especially earlier on the year, which I think drove Paul Maurice to, uh, you know, to take a walk from this club, um, you know, in a lot of ways. And I know people were mentioning the, you know, you mentioned the Minnesota game, the Buffalo game, which was uh, Maurice's last game. I mean, these performances are spotted throughout the season. The thing about last night was the stakes being so high, the opportunity that the Jets have. Um, if anything, it was almost like the issues that we've seen in type were bolded for everyone to see last night walking out of the rink. Yeah, no doubt about that, Hassan. And that's why I say it this way. I mean, these games are going to matter to the Jets no matter if they stay in it or fall out of it because you often learn more about a player in how he responds to a tough situation than when things... When things are going great, it's easy to be an NHL player. I'm not saying it's easy, easy, but it's a lot easier being an NHL player when things are going great than when things are than when it's a struggle. And that's when you learn about leadership and guys not mailing it in for 10 game stretch or five or two or whatever the number is. So that's the thing. To me, the Jets are looking for people who want to be part of the solution. And if you're not part of the solution, Huss, you're part of the problem. So that's where you get. That's what you're going to learn about about this team during this stretch of hockey games. And, you know, not every night. Again, we say this one in game five and 15 and 55 and 72. Not every game is a referendum, but there are going to be a lot of referendums being held when it comes to the future of certain players on this roster and if they want to be part of it or not. So uh, that goes for, you know, whether you're a part of the leadership group or you're the 22nd, 23rd player on the roster, you need to show that you can be here because the Jets are trying to reverse this, not just this spiral, right? I mean, that that's, I don't know how how else to describe it. But, and also too, we know there are guys like Vili Hanela and David Gustafson who are dying to get in the lineup. So if you're not putting forth the effort, um, you're going to find yourself a seat and there's going to be someone else filling that seat. Well, speaking of that, I mean, listen, I don't want to pick on Logan Stanley, but I mean, he was sort of guilty of, uh, you know, a questionable decision that led to what ended up being the uh, the go-ahead goal. It wasn't the winning goal because right. they did get that, you know, that, you know, Kyle Connor's 40th down 4-1 late in the game. Um, but I mean, certainly it looked like at the morning skate, Billy Hanel was still out there and they're going to be running back with the same lineup minus Adam Brooks out and Adam Lowry in. Um, are you a little surprised that, uh, you know, they're going to stick with that same defense core after last night? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a challenging night for the third pairing, I think that would be fair to say. Let me ask uh, you this. What's it going to take for Billy Hanel to get in a game? Yeah, it's a great question. If I knew the if I knew the answer, uh, I might be behind the bench. Us, I mean, to be honest, but uh, yeah, I mean, right now he's on the emergency recall, and it appears as though uh, until the Jets are eliminated, it doesn't look like Billy. I mean, if past history is a good sign of future decision making, it looks like it will take an injury for Billy Hanley to get into the lineup. So, uh, I, I would say for the folks uh, waiting uh, anxiously, uh, that looks like the case, and. If, if there's another way for him to get in, I, I haven't seen it yet. But um, I, I do expect – I, I I've said this all year long. I still expect we're going to see Vili Hanela uh, down the stretch. I just don't know exactly where that time will be. Um, but, uh, again, I, I think that Logan Stanley, he had you know he had a really good game last week. But uh, it was t- a tough go. But us, I also would say, too, on that, I know everyone's looking directly only at the pinch. Um the F3 was also not backfilling, and that is a big problem for the Jets in the game. I mean, something Ottawa did so well last night, almost the blueprint of what Dave Lowry is probably looking at DJ Smith mm-hmm. going, man, if only I could have the sort of buy-in that he's getting from this team that's completely out of it from this far more talented team on my bench. Sure, and, and you heard that from Kyle Connor. I mean, in some ways, that was that was a Paul Stastny kind of moment coming out of the mouth of Kyle Connor. I mean, that's how I interpreted it. I don't think he intentionally was was making a shot at his teammates, but those are the facts. The one team that had apparently nothing to play for, they played the game the right way, even though there were no consequences for them. And in some ways, no reward when it comes to the standings. Yet they had no problem committing to that structure. And that's something that if you're Kyle Connor, you got to be looking around and saying, Boys, what are we doing here? They're doing it. Why are we not doing it? Uh, Bobby Hall in uh, chat. <laughs> this is a shout out to our old pal, Claude. <laughs> Lowry must be looking in the mirror and saying to himself, self, you're a sick man to keep doing this. Uh, I say that because I, 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 I do wonder. I mean, I, I can't imagine what was going through Dave Lowry's mind in the car ride home after that game tonight. But um. You know, listen, he's an interim coach right now. I mean, I think he'd really hoped that he could be part of a big turnaround that could lead to a head coaching job. I mean, uh, what does Dave Lowry do going forward? I mean, is it just basically hoping for better results? Or, I mean, is this sort of a time where you realize, hey, you know, you're guaranteed 18, 17 games left. Um, Maybe it's time to do some different things. I mean, I'm fascinated as to in his situation how he handles um, and, and where he goes to from this, because right. I mean, no one had many answers last night. Yeah, it's a delicate balance, us right? I mean, and that and that's the thing when you you often wonder too, and I and I can remember the kind of final stages of the Claude Noel era as well. As a coach, you kind of get to the point where you're like, you got to kind of do it your way. So, I mean, I think Dave Lowry is trying on a daily basis to do things his way. I think there has been, uh, you know. I wouldn't say some resistance to that, but I mean, the Jets haven't found their stride fully, but I mean, they have shown glimpses of this. So um, I would think that you're still always, as a coach, you're always looking for solutions, whether you're head, interim, assistant, anything. Dave Lowry loves the game. He's passionate about it. He wants the Jets to succeed. And there's a personal element to that as well, Huss. I mean, when you wait your whole life for an NHL job in the head chair, and when you get it, you want it to go well because there's no other guarantee you're going to get to that chair again without something else happening. So does that mean drastic changes? Does that mean a complete overhaul to systems? No, 
but it means that I think that you'll see Dave's fingerprints um, down the stretch here. And yes, I understand people, you know, buzzword of accountability. I mean, it's easy when there's no consequences, right, Huss? This is the thing for me. It's easy for you or I or a fan to say, well, you should uh, play Shifley less. Well, okay, but you have to have someone else that's going to fill those minutes effectively. So, uh, I mean, that's always the push and pull with the coach. I mean, does Dave Lauer need to make his players a little bit more accountable? Could he do that? I mean, I think he's trying to do that on a daily basis. Uh, and I think that, you know, some days he succeeded and other days uh, the players have let him down. So um, that's why, too, I'm with you. I mean, this next stretch is going to be fascinating. What changes are made? Can you, you know, get it to resonate with certain players? I mean, Jansen Harkins had a two-goal game. Uh, but then Harkins, since going back to the fourth line, hasn't had much going. And that's not a knock on Jansen Harkins. He, he's barely played since that time. But at a time when the Jets need to find answers, they're leaving the coaching staff and the management team with more questions than answers right now in terms of who's going to step up and fill certain roles. Yeah, I'm not even sure that the questions haven't been answered, to be honest with you, after something like last night. Um, we just got a couple minutes. Let's focus on tonight. You're down there at the rink today. Um, uh, homecoming for a young man that was an incredibly popular player here. Uh, what did you think about what uh, you heard from Patrick Line and just your comments on how he's bounced back from being out for two months with a tough injury, losing his father, and um, really turning back into the player that uh, brought people out of their seats early on in his career here in Winnipeg? Yeah, it's tremendous to see the turnaround for Patrick. Uh, it was an emo- it's an emotional time for for him, Huss. I mean, you saw the clips. I mean, um, is he excited to be here? Yes. I mean, is he going to be the center of attention tonight? Absolutely. Is he comfortable being in the spotlight? Yes. But he wasn't going to say anything outlandish. I think you saw a little bit of the humor. You saw like glimpses of the trademark humor. You know, a little bit of a shot at Hellebuck. I got to score. Try to score two on Hell, even though he's not playing. Uh, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, keep your head up. Hey, media, I'm super happy to see everybody except for you. And then <laughs> did it with a grin. You know, oh, just kidding, just kidding. Um, Patrick is a guy who. Uh, let's also not underestimate the importance of spending your formative years somewhere. I mean, this guy came here as, a, as an 18 year old us. Uh, and I can tell you right now, um, even before he was drafted by the jets, seeing him in the batting cage in Buffalo struggle to hit pitches out of the infield. Uh, that's something where you see a guy, uh, you know, but it didn't bother him because guess what? I'm not trying to make 20 million as a, as a baseball player. I'm going to make millions as a hockey player. Uh, he's a guy who has great personality, Great to see him showing that flair. I'm happy that he's happy. He's gone to a place where he feels he can be comfortable in his own skin. Um, you know, he's not looking over his shoulder. He's not wondering when he, when or if he'll be promoted to the top line. And I think what we heard from Brad Larson is Patrick Liney is growing into an all-around player, which is what Paul Maurice was trying to get Patrick Liney to do while he was still here. Uh, he talked about him wanting to be part of the leadership group talked about the efforts and work that he has put in to get back to being a productive player, to impacting the game on nights he doesn't score. But it's impossible to look at this heater of 19 goals in 23 games and not think about November of 2018. I mean, we that was the craziest heater we ever saw from Patrick Liney in a Jets uniform. He's doing it again scoring in bunches and for all the folks saying well oh how do you expect Patrick to produce he's not playing with the first line center well now it doesn't matter who's on his wing because Patrick is the guy making around him better and that's good to see because you know how this guy loves the game of hockey Huss he loves it 
Last year, he lost his love for the game to some degree. I am incredibly thrilled he's gotten it back. And as someone who's lost a parent, um, I know how emotional a time it can be for him. And I think he has found um, joy in being on the ice. He shared that gratitude with us today. And I'm happy that he's been able to use hockey as part of the healing process for him. And now the next thing that you know, we had Hedge on just now talking about it, uh, I do think that Patrick Laine is going to sign a long-term deal with the Columbus Blue Jackets for all of the reason I've mentioned. I mean, when you get comfortable somewhere and you feel you can be yourself, as long as they show you the money, I think Patrick wants to put down the flagpole, just like I think Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to plant the flagpole here in Winnipeg to become part of this leadership group. I think he's already becoming that, but to formally make your declaration and take your game to the next level. Um, Ken, you know, and it's not something we've talked about a lot for a long time here, but considering we're here today and we're talking a lot about Line A and his time here in Winnipeg, I mean, now that we're far removed from the trade, and I mean, I just think back to, you know, to the November of 2018, um, and then the way things sort of went sour for not just Line A, but the entire team in the second half of that season when expectations were so high. Um, I mean, now that we're removed from it, why do you think it didn't work out here in Winnipeg for Patrick Laine? Yeah, I mean, Patrick just didn't get a chance to spread his wings, you know, whether that meant, uh, you know, not getting your first line minutes instead of Kyle Connor or uh, whatever else. But it just, I think it was not, you know, we always talk right place, right time. Those two things did not intersect for either the organization or for Patrick Laine. Uh, I think uh, in a simpler time, uh, I think that was a, a union that should have lasted a lot longer. Uh, obviously, we've uh, there are different players in terms of style, but it, it ended similarly to with Solani without the financial repercussions. But uh, they got to a point where I think it would be safe to say if Patrick Laine is offered a deal of eight per eight after his 44-goal season, uh, we're not talking about going somewhere else. We're talking about a guy who wanted to be in Winnipeg, enjoyed it here. Uh, but then when he had the 30-goal season, now suddenly the Jets found themselves in a position where uh, was Patrick Laine the meteor that showed up and scored 18 in a month, or was he the guy that scored 12 goals over the next five and a half months? I mean, they got into a tough spot. I think then Patrick started to wonder, you know, I showed you this my first two years. Now you think I have to prove it to you after my bad year was 30 goals? And you don't think that I can become an all-around player? I, that's where you kind of get into a difficult situation in terms of player versus organization. Um, and sorry, I shouldn't say player versus organization, but it, it's this is another classic example where someone tells you it's not personal, it's business. But if you're personally affected by it, it's personal to you, right? So um, I think that probably they got to a situation where um, it was tough. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. The leadership corps wants to be hockey 24 uh, seven. That's not Patrick's MO, uh, even though he's not afraid to put in the work. Um, he's gotten to a point where he's found that balance and now he's sort of appreciated going through some struggles and now he's found his game again. So uh, that's a long winded way of saying, uh, do I think it could have worked out Huss, in the long run? Yes, I could have. Uh, I think both sides, maybe if you're uh, you know, injecting him with that truth serum we talked about earlier, I would say both the player, the agent, and the organization in looking back would have said there's a way to have found there was a way to find a way for the union to continue. Uh, and although the Jets are thrilled to have Pierre Luc Dubois, um, 
I think that both sides probably wish they had handled the situation differently. But once they got to the point of no return, uh, I think both sides have tried to handle it as best that they can. And, uh, you know, they're happy with where they ended up and they're happy with the players. If you're the Jets, are happy with Pierre-Luc Dubois. But I think uh, I think that we'll see a standing ovation for Patrick Laine tonight. I'll be curious because we know emotional people are in the city. I think there'll be some, I think it'll be a smattering of booze, just like there were maybe for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Because ultimately, I mean, Patrick did ask for a trade. And I, again, given the circumstances, you don't blame him for asking. But uh, I think there'll be some disappointment. But I think overall, uh, Huss, to me, this is the you know most highly anticipated game since T. Mussolini's return. I really do. I think that I don't think you're going to hear the cheering versus booing kind of thing that you saw that night. But I think there's going to be a wide swath of appreciation. And rightfully so. This is a guy who loved his time here, loved the city, and uh, you know appreciated his time here as well. Weber, great stuff. Uh, I can only hope that things are a little cooler tonight in the chat room on Kenny and Rennie. Um, but uh, we know that'll be determined by what happens on the ice tonight. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, looking forward to the show tonight as well as Sunday afterwards. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. It's tremendous to be with you and uh, happy to see Nick joining you next. And uh, I'm going to listen uh, in a little bit closely because that red card is an absolute joke. What a flop. What an absolute flop in that yeah, well, game. Come just on. Wait, just wait. Just Give wait. Till you hear, just wait till you hear me ask him about Italy getting the red card from oh, the entire no, World oh, Cup. Man, That's coming oh, up man. in just, just a minute. Come on, though, honestly, how is that a red card? <laughs> that and, and again, how can those plays we talk about technology all the time? And I, I leave the soccer to the experts like Nick, but give me a break. If the NBA can review flagrants and now the NHL is reviewing five-minute majors. Are you telling me that you review that play and say a guy should be ejected? Well, here's the thing. It was he got a yellow card, but oh, he sorry. already had a yellow. And sorry, they don't sorry, review the yellows, but it was because he had already had one yellow and got bounced out. That's okay. It's clinching time against the Jamaicans on the weekend. All right, there we go. It's it's all good. We're changing Bar Italia to Bar Canada come November. Corden will be taking turf of the Canadians for the first time ever. It's going to be great. Have a good weekend, pal. Thanks for doing this. Cheers, fellas. Have a great weekend as well. Yes, uh, you, uh, you heard Ken say it. The highly anticipated return of Nick Ziff is coming up in just a second. Before we do that, a quick Princess Auto curling update. Another win for Canada and Kerry Anderson. Very disappointing loss to the Koreans last night, um, giving up a, a steal in an extra end, and I believe the 10th end. Uh, but they bounce back today. They are in second right now, 8-3, and three, tied with the Swedes, also at 8-3. and three. And Korea at 7-3, and three, needing one more game to make up. Swiss continue to lead the way at 11-0 playoffs this weekend. We'll all be cheering for Team Canada and the gang from Manitoba, led by Carrie Anerson. Of course, Princess Auto sponsors all of our curling reports. Team Jennifer Jones, Team Mike McEwen, and the sport around the country. And they're also the place where you find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop down and see them at one of two local locations. Of course, they're a Winnipeg company with their national headquarters here in the peg as well, employing so many Manitobans. Um, but you can also get those uh, wheels turning on your next project by shopping online at princessauto.com 24-7. 365. Hey, the weekend's here, and you know what makes the weekend even better? A cup of cold 1919s from Little Brown Jug. Pop by. Great spot to pop by before and after jet games, by the way. Very close to the arena down in the exchange on William Avenue. 
Uh, when you're there, you can try the 1919 and all the other amazing Little Brown Jug offerings. And if you can't make it down, they'll also deliver it to you citywide with deliveries going out Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So you can make your order online at littlebrownjug.ca or try 1919 this weekend at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. And hey, before or after the game tonight, um, right beside the arena is, of course, our friends over at Boston Pizza City Place. Uh, great spot to watch the game if you're not going to the game as your local Boston Pizza Lounge. And if you're staying home with this crummy weather for the next couple of days, uh, just get online, bostonpizza.com. Check out all their great game day deals and get it delivered hot and fresh to you from your local Boston Pizza restaurant. All right, a long-awaited, far too long, frankly, return to the program of my guy, Nick Zifferelli. And Ziff joins us to talk about Canada losing for the first time in the World Cup qualifying and the shocking result for the Italians. Let's welcome him in. Ziff, what's going on, man? It is great to have you here on our new home of Winnipeg Sports Talk. What's going on? Hey, buddy. Great to be here. Great to see you. A little public, a little sort of day of mourning. Uh, soccer all around yesterday was pretty ugly, and uh, it's an unfortunate scenario that uh, we find ourselves in, uh, certainly uh, from, from Italy's standpoint. Um, but, you know, Canada, a little, a little blip. They'll be back to it. Uh, you know, I know we we want to sort of focus on on the Italy Macedonia game, which was a a real travesty for. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't say not so much for the Italians. They 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 really did get what they deserve in that game. Uh, I, I mean, I do know that they dominated the game. It's different than other losses uh, when you watch when they played Northern Ireland earlier in the qualifying. Northern Ireland put 10 guys back in the box and defended admirably. Italy could not break them down. But in this Macedonia game, Macedonia was just handing the ball over left, right, and center. I've never seen anything like it. I'll tell you a couple of very interesting stats to us in this game. Italy, I believe, had, and, and it's, it's, I I'm, 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 might be off by one. I think it was 23 corners to zero. They had 30 scoring opportunities to, I believe, two. And they just could not pull the trigger. Umpteen opportunities to score. Uh, Macedonia's defense was in complete disarray. It's not like they were standing tall. They were making mistake after mistake after mistake, and Italy could not capitalize. And that's what happens. You can't score. You can't win. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it just absolutely stunning. And by the way, you can see the beautiful backdrop of Nick. That will look familiar to many listeners because uh, the last time Andrew Harris did an interview with us, he was in the exact same spot down there yeah. at Nicolino's. And hey, while we're at it, I'll give a quick plug. I should have mentioned this earlier. Um, we have somehow been nominated, are now a finalist for the Winnipeg Nightlife Awards, where it is the for top radio station slash podcast awesome so get over to wnla.ca give us a vote and when you look for the best restaurant nicolino's is there so toss ziff and the gang a vote as well over there wnla.ca help us out for the winnipeg sports talk and uh, certainly fire up one for little brown jug and definitely nicolino's when you're there so ziff i have to ask you this because for someone that is not as versed in the game it seems almost impossible but Italy, shockingly, we all remember, you know, them missing the World Cup four years ago and, you know, Correct. how that was nuts. Then they go and they win the Euro. 
And now they're out of the World Cup again. Like, to me, that's like a team missing the playoffs, winning the Stanley Cup, and then missing the playoffs again the next year. Like, mm-hmm. how, how has this happened? Well, you know, the team that missed, they, they played Sweden. And, and this was a very eerie, similar feeling, that, that uh, Sweden game to qualify for the Euro, uh, pardon me, for the World Cup back in 18. But we watched that game, and Italy could not score. Sweden stood very, very tall. They're, they defended really well, and Italy could not score. And, and they didn't even look like they wanted to score. They had, they had some possession, but they had no direction whatsoever. Fast forward, you get an Italy team in the Euro with all their players and emerging stars, a guy like Chiesa, and, and the player of the tournament before he got hurt, that Spinazzola, the left back, plays for Roma, just a electric player. Both those guys are out, along with Collini, Bonucci, blah, 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 blah. Injuries are part of the game. I do not want to knock Macedonia. You have to give them credit for getting on the field, playing hard. But it doesn't matter. Italy's number two team should beat Macedonia. They have no excuses for this situation. But it is incredible. They go and win that Euro, and they were the best team in that tournament. They looked the team. They were playing exciting, attacking football. And, you know, it's a shame that they lost their way. It's the same group of guys, essentially. But it's it's a shame they lost their way in this qualifying round. Um, they, the panic and the pressure got to them. There's no doubt about it because Jorginho had two penalties against Switzerland in both qualifying games, and he missed them both. One in the 93rd minute that if he scored that penalty, Italy was automatically through, and it was over. Wow. And, and this is the way it goes, man. It's a game of inches like every sport. It's so close, and every team is getting better, and every country is getting better. So, look, this is the way it goes. We have to face six months of misery now. Before the, before the World Cup even starts, by the way. Well, you know what the great thing is? Is that maybe, just maybe, for the first time in our lifetimes, all of the Italian Canadians that, you know, cheer for Italy, frankly, because that was the team that was in it, maybe can come over to the home side and Canada. Now, I'll get your thoughts on the game last night and the situation going into the Jamaica matchup where Canada is expected to officially clinch their World Cup spot. But um, overall, um, from your perspective, how incredible, how exciting has it been to see the growth of Canadian soccer to the point where Canada isn't just on the verge of getting into the World Cup, but on the top of the CONCACAF table? Canada is a, a dream story right now. These are, this is not a joke. Uh, they have, they're going to be a difficult out for many teams to play against. They play against a team like, say, Switzerland, who's not a high-scoring team. Switzerland is going to be, uh, their eyes are going to be wide open. Look at the threats that are going to come from all over the field. You got Davies regarded as one of the world-class players right now, a true superstar. And the reality is, I'm not sure that Davies is actually our best player on Canada. Davies has been incredible. Lights out incredible playing for Canada. He scored some incredible goals, actual real world-class strikes. Um, And so... This team is going to really scare people. I hope that the coach can rein in all the horses. That's my big, my, my big concern. I hope that he's able to get his game 
to the next level when he's competing against top level coaches. Um, uh, they, 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 they're a growing team, and you could see that last night. I know Ken was real upset about that card. What I was really upset about, I was really upset about Kay. I was so disappointed. You, you know his first foul what could have been a straight red card. He went, in, he went in on a very dangerous tackle. The ref gave him leniency and gave him the, the first yellow. Then he, he does a, a, a move that a 14-year-old would do when he's mad at the other team. The guy's walking by and he shoulders him. Now, I know the guy made some ridiculous meal like he'd been shot and he's rolling around the field. But I'll be honest with you, if, if, if a player, you're playing on that field, you know who you're really disappointed at? You're disappointed at your own guy. You can't do things like that. You cost your team. And look at, they fought back valiantly uh, yesterday. They had, they had a number of opportunities to tie that game with 10 men. They really, really played well for a stretch in the second half. And you have to give them credit. Uh, Costa Rica's playing for their lives. They needed that win. Because if Canada beat them yesterday, they're finished. So th that team had their back against the wall. They showed up. They got their three points. They're, they're, they're going to make life difficult now um, for the U.S., I'll tell you. Uh, but Canada needs to focus on Jamaica. That's that. they got to grab the points. Jamaica's at a horribly low cycle in their, in their uh, program. And, and Canada actually tied them in Jamaica, 0-0, I believe. So now they're at home. Uh, and if, you, if you've ever seen that field in Jamaica that they play on, you know how you, when, when you're the crummier hockey team, you make sure that the ice isn't so good. Well, that field in Jamaica was like a, a cow pasture. So now Canada's <laughs> going to play on a fast field here, and uh, all their big players will come out, and 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 they will. They're they're going to take those points on Sunday. Well, you know what? And I was going to ask you, and I was just looking over on Coolbet, and I know that the game opened at Canada minus one uh, at plus one hundred five. Um, from what I hear, about six of the top Jamaican players aren't even leaving their club teams to come to Canada for this game. I mean, the stage is set for one of the great victories in Canadian soccer history, officially clinching a spot in the World Cup. And I would imagine, considering what happened last night, uh, the Canadian squad will look to do it in style and uh, remind everyone who the top scoring team in the world has been this year. And it's been Team Canada, which is still bizarre to say mind-boggling and i don't want to repeat myself but i'm just telling you when teams line up and they look out there and they look at that forward line it's very scary and uh you know you're identifying problems and the problem is when you're looking around there's a lot of problems for you to to identify as a defense so they they are at the they're at a situation now you've got top level talent and they got to cash it in here we've got to make this trip to the world cup we have an opportunity if we can get into a, a reasonable group that we can get out of that group. It's, it's an exciting thought. But first, let's get there. That's the most important thing. And then, you know, they've got six months to train, six months to prepare and, uh, and really get themselves set for the world stage because this is a, a different Canada that we will ever have known. Well, I'll tell you what, it's great to have you back on the program. Um, it is fun. It has been so much fun following this Canadian team through the World Cup qualifying and knowing what is to come. And, you know, as someone that has been a big part of the game, I'll just ask you this on the way out. I mean, your, what's your perspective on what, I mean, we've seen what the TV numbers have been growing throughout the World Cup. But once this happens and Canada is officially going to the World Cup, what do you think it's going to do for 
um, the profile of Canadian soccer, our Canadian men's soccer team, and many of the star players that are far from household names amongst average soccer, average sports fans in Canada over the course of the next six months before the trip out to the Middle East? Oh, everyone's going to know who they are. This is not going to be the program that's been in, uh, in darkness for so long. People are going to get to know this team. And, and I'll tell you, the TV, let, let's be honest. I mean, soccer is an incredibly uh, uh, popular game, obviously, worldwide. It's very popular in Canada. And you're going to get numbers. I think you're going you're gonna to see absolute records broken watching Canada at the World Cup. We will, there will never have been any sport watched more in Canada than I think those games. That's, that's what I believe, because you're going to have every kid, every kid in Canada is going to watch this team. Every single one. People will be so jazzed up. It's unbelievable. Well, we're going to make a massive group order of Canadian jerseys for our Italian community. I'll be handing them out at the corner of uh, Coburn and Corden, right in front of Bar Italia, which, as they said, is going to become Bar Canada come uh, come November. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can tell you this. I have I have some Italian friends that went flew to Costa Rica to go see Italy play. Uh, Part of me, go see Costa Rica play against Canada yesterday, and. Uh, they went down there. I mean, they're a little, obviously they're disappointed, but they're coming back. They're going to go see the game in, in uh, Canada against Jamaica. I mean, there's traveling fans. It's 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 amazing. It's so incredible, and uh, there are people who are they're just so jazzed up for this program. And I'm 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 really excited too. Um, you know, this is this is our country. This is going to be our team to really focus and get to know and get excited about and and uh, and lose your mind, you know? And uh, that's just the way it goes. The only thing that sucks is of all the times for us to qualify for the World Cup to be in Qatar of all places. I can't think of many places on earth that I'd plan to go to less than there, but uh, we'll be ready to go. And I have a feeling there's going to be some big watch parties coming up at your spot. And uh, okay. of course, we've got Valor season coming up too. So I'll look forward to catching up with you for a pizza beforehand and walking with the fans down to the stadium when uh, when the squad gets back out. Uh, really excited about uh, that upcoming season as well. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be super great. I mean, look, we've got plenty of local soccer now. We've got Valor. We're going to have FC Manitoba. There's going to be lots of quality soccer to get out there and watch. And uh, the, the Valor team's setting themselves up well this year. Uh, I think they they really, really look good. And uh, it's going to be exciting to get out there and watch some games in the sunlight, sunshine, and heat if it ever comes. <laughs> Ziff, uh, have a great one. Uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll catch up on the weekend. Okay, brother. Be well. we'll there see he you. is, Nick Zifferelli. Pop down and see him and the gang down at Nicolino's on Pemina Avenue. Great spot to go before and after Valor Games and, of course, Bombers uh, as well. All right, great stuff. We uh, Make sure to stick around, folks. It is going to be winning time soon. We've got a pair of tickets for the game tonight between the Jets and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, of course, the Marble Race festivities still to come very shortly here on TSN or on, uh, on the uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily Friday uh, extravaganza. Um, our friends over, speaking of uh, Marble Race, we will also crank out another DQ cake for the final marble going across the track. But uh, Nick and the gang at the four Nick and Nicky DQs have a lot going on this week. A great special just to coincide with this garbage weather for the next couple of days. Uh, but hey, everyone loves a deal. And for the next uh, few days up until Sunday, 
Buy one Blizzard, get one for $1.99 going on at all four Nick and Nicky DQs. That's the DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And now for the three Winnipeg stores, the great taste of DQ is available on all delivery platforms with DoorDash, Skip the Dishes, and Uber Eats available at all three of the Winnipeg stores. Make sure to check out the incredible new Stack Burgers, DQ Cakes, and on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you want to contact them, let them know what you're looking for. They'll get your cake order ready for you to pick up quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Now, our friends at Canadian Club have been with us uh, sponsoring the Marble Race with the hoodies we'll be giving away. And uh, they've come up big for us for Patrick Liney's return today. We do have a pair of tickets from the Tickle Trunk over at Canadian Club, which we'll be sending one of you to the game tonight with. So be sure to stay with us and keep your eyes out at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts all month long for great savings on Canadian Club products. And within a couple weeks, we will have the official launch of the Ready to Drink Canada Canadian Club and Ginger Ale mixed cocktail ready to go six packs of cans and next month all month long if you buy cc at your local manitoba liquor mart you'll get a free can to try it i have a feeling that's going to be a very popular purchase for manitobans coming up this summer um we will get to the cool bet lines in just a minute but let's get michael remus back in here uh remo Lots to get to. I'm sort of now over the rant about last night's game. Very excited about tonight with uh, Line A and the Blue Jackets coming into town. It's going to be a real fun night at the arena. But I'll tell you what, just that conversation with Ziff has made me that much more excited for the weekend and seeing Canada take on Jamaica and hopefully finishing off the uh, final tick and clinching that spot in the World Cup Championship. Canada reminding me a lot of the Tampa Bay Lightning last year in the cup final, losing intentionally to uh, clinch at home, uh, the World, <laughs> World Cup. Although I did, uh, I w- I did watch um, you know, the last second half of that game, and it was amazing how many chances they had, like headers in the box, oh. hitting the crossbar multiple times. And they were shorthanded the yeah. entire time. Basically, well, the entire second half they were. And, and Ziff was right. I mean, it was a dumbass play by, the, uh, by Kay. Um, to even put himself in the position where he could have gotten taken off. And you know, even if you heard the commentators, they were not surprised that that had happened. And there wasn't a lot of, you know, a, a soccer international and national soccer broadcasts are never um, that neutral, shall we say. But I mean, even Gareth Wheeler and the guys doing the program last night were saying it was just a an unwise move. The good thing is, though, Canada's given themselves enough cushion. It was only their first loss in the entire World Cup qualifying mm-hmm. um, a tournament. So they'll look to get it done on Sunday against the Jamaicans at BMO Field. I know Darren Chalice and the eight guys from Winnipeg sit beside me at some of the games. They're out there for the weekend. And uh, our pal Chris Abbott joined us on the lock shop earlier today. He's going to be at the game. So uh, I'll be jealous this weekend watching all the guys at uh, what should be a, a historic moment for Canadian soccer on the weekend taking on Jamaica. Um, all right, so Reem, I'm thinking about this right now. Now, I know we've got a little bit of time. We will have the marble race coming up in a minute. Should we do a separate wheel for the tickets just amongst people that can go? Because the tickets are non-transferable. Um, or we just make sure people know when we put them in the uh, in for the marble race that, um, that you know, you have to be able to go. And I guess, but what, what do you think is the best way to do it? Oh, man. Um... I have no no clue. Um, 
You want to do two marble races? One for the tickets, one for the hoodie? Or no, is that um, too hard? Well, I'm thinking we do the wheel for the tickets because I think if we just did something for exclamation tickets right now, we sure. spin the wheel because I want to make sure people can go, can get their plans to do it. And then I think we do the marble races we normally do. Okay, sure. Well, let me can that work? That okay, yeah. yeah. Do you, you need to change from uh, exclamation mark marbles to exclamation mark uh, tickets? I'll do it. The... I, I do think we need to do a separate draw because sometimes people, you know, not the same thing. But uh, yeah, I just do you want to do two marble races or or uh you know do a, a wheel of tickets like does it I really I, matter? yeah i think though i think the wheel just for timing i mean sure. just with the amount of time that it puts to go in okay so listen folks don't do anything yet our first draw it, this is it, it just it, extravaganza of winners today on winnipeg sports talk so we'll do the marble race in about five minutes but first things first we've got a pair of sweet seats for this game tonight they're from our friends at Canadian Club. We will uh, end up sending to you. They're non-transferable. So if you cannot make the game yourself, do not put in for the draw, okay? Very simple. If you are willing and able to get down to the arena tonight, you, will, you should enter. And we'll take them all. We'll spin the wheel. We'll get those tickets set up. And then after that, we'll open things up for the marbles and we'll do our normal marble race winner will get the uh, uh the winnipeg sports talk hoodie courtesy of canadian club and the last marble across the line will get a dq cake as we've done it for the last little while okay so it's open right now you've got two minutes to put in tickets again you need to be able to attend the game yourself you can bring whoever the heck you want tickets are non-transferable so uh, get those in right now. Exclamation mark tickets. We've got some nice seats in the lower bowl to get in there and see the return of one Patrick Line. Um, we will do the, uh, we'll give you another one minute. And while we do that, I'm going to get these lines ready to go. Uh, by the way, I am working on it. I hope to have this by the end of the program. But if not, pay attention to my Twitter later on. If you are at all interested in, in a special boosted parlay tonight, the double revenge game special, Patrick Line to score against the Jets, Pierre-Luc Dubois to score against the Blue Jackets in the same game. I was looking at the numbers. Line is plus 147 to score. Dubois is plus 158 to score. So I'm leaning on Uncle Chris to maybe boost that number a little bit for us on a little two-goal parlay the two guys that were traded for each other no disrespect to jack rosevic but we want to make this a little more realistic so we're going to go with the two guys that were the main pieces of the trade traded on either side all right so we've got everyone in for tickets remo if you want to just uh, close that off and mm -hmm. we will spin the wheel and um obviously make sure you stick around so you know if you won and if that's the case, then um, you can just send us an email and we'll work things out. I'm going to get the seats and uh, you know we will get them sent to you before the game so you and your guests can go and enjoy. And again, big thanks to our friends at Canadian Club for not only their great support of the marble race, but for our impromptu special Friday wheel of winners with a pair of sweet tickets for the game. All right. So I think we've closed it up. 
Owen Catelli, love the parlay. Yes. As I said, if I don't have it by the end of the program, I'm still waiting for the official number. Um, you can always go to CoolBet. Look on the boosted odds parlays on the left. We do have our lock shop parlay up already. By the way, check out today's lock shop. And if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the lock shop wherever you're getting your Winnipeg sports talk parlays. And um, well, listen, you can add Ross Levick in if you do want to do a bet builder. But for this specific wager, I'm getting it boosted by cool bets. So it's going to be line A and Dubois both to score tonight. The number will be boosted. You'll be able to get that over at cool bet. All right, Rima, how are we looking for the wheel? I'm just copying it. One thing about the soccer, I didn't get a chance to mention. Um, we did get the ratings for it. It was like 1.1 million combined on Sportsnet and RDS. So, a lot of and people... that's for a game that started at 10 p.m. Eastern. That is correct. Nine o'clock here. So, I mean, just continue the uh, amazing, amazing numbers. And to put it into perspective um, of what sort of a number that is, even with the late start. I know on Wednesday night, there was a lot of NHL hockey on. There was, uh, you know, some other, uh, you know, other sporting events. And it was curling, women's curling. Carrie Anderson and the ladies uh, that were the number one watch sport in Canada. And it was just over 300,000. So put that into perspective, 1.1 million watching Canada last night. And I imagine the audience on Sunday afternoon when it's clinching time for Canada is going to be absolutely wild. All right. So um, we'll get this wheel up. Oh, yeah, and, it's, uh, it's up here. The wheel is up and ready to go. So, folks, this is our WST Wheel of Winners for two tickets tonight. You have to be able to go. Tickets non-transferable. Everyone that put in their hopes to go to the game tonight is in the wheel. And uh, we won't drag this out too much because we got marbles to get to. So, uh, CTO, why don't you spin it and uh, see who is going to the game, courtesy of WST and our friends at Canadian Club. All right, here we go. I'm hitting it in three, two. Here we go. Lots of people in. See where it ends up. <laughs> I saw this. Robert Paul. Robert, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, you knew you need to be able to go. Robert, if you can right now, fire us a quick email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. We'll get in touch with you afterwards and make arrangements to get you the tickets before the game tonight. But uh, congratulations. Thanks for being with us. You're in. Enjoy the game tonight. Call your friend or whoever you're going to bring to the game because you're in. Line A and the Blue Jackets against the Jets tonight, courtesy of WST and Canadian Club. All right, Remo. So now let's open up the entries for the Marble Race. Congrats again to Robert Paul. Thanks to everyone that entered. Um, folks, you know how this works. As soon as you see the prompt in the chat, you're going to be dropping in uh, exclamation mark marbles. We'll give you a couple minutes to uh, to. Uh, um, you know, get your entries in for that. And then uh, we'll give Remus a couple minutes to set up today's, um, today's marble race. And um, we'll go from there. Hey, just quickly while we get that set up and Remo, just let me know when you're live and we'll let people uh, know that they can uh, throw it in. Take a quick look over at the PGA tour leaderboard because a uh, big day for a couple Canadians today in the, uh, um, in the uh, Dell world match play championships. Now Mackenzie Hughes is one and one dustin johnson's two and oh mac is hoping that max homa 
can somehow beat DJ, but it does look like Dustin Johnson's about to finish off Max Homa. Mac is tied with Matt Wolf through three, uh, through 15 holes, so it doesn't look like he'll be a part of the weekend. Corey Connors, though, is uh, in nice shape. He's taken on Alex Noren. They're both 2-0. The winner of this match will win the group and move on to the final 16. And Corey Connors right now is one up through five holes. Um, still plenty of golf left to play, but a nice start for the Canadian. And uh, that'd be a big, big boost and a nice paycheck for Corey just to get out of his pod. And then with an opportunity in the final 16 to go up against and match play against, against some of the others best in the world. Uh, it's going to be real fun. And of course, cool bit. will have lines on that all through the weekend. Um, all right. We're open with marbles folks. So uh, throw in exclamation mark marbles. We'll give you a second to uh, get in there. And in the meantime, I'll check out the lines tonight for cool bet Canada. Now let's see, we've got five games tonight in the national hockey league. Um, Caps Sabres caps minus one ninety two in Buffalo. Pittsburgh Penguins minus 115 in New York against the Rangers. Both teams coming off disappointing losses. Pittsburgh lost in Buffalo and the Rangers lost 7-4 to the Devils. And uh, Shesterkin actually got yanked in that game. Interesting to see how they both bounce back. And the game here, Jets opened up at minus 189 favorites. Um, and so um, anyways, it's minus 167 right now. Plus 141, Calgary minus 400 against Arizona, and a Colorado, a huge, huge favorite at minus 370. Now, I should have mentioned this before. It goes without saying, if you're in on the contest, both the tickets and especially the marbles, you do have to be subbed to win. So uh, the least you can do with all this great stuff we're giving away, make sure you hit the red subscribe button for with us here on YouTube. And while you're at it, Give us the thumbs up, hit the thumbs, but the red subscribe button is what you need. Want to support our subscribers that are helping support us. And of course, a special thank you to all of our members. If you are wondering, if you popped in and were wondering about the folks that have the green font and the microphone, we do have a special membership option. It's two bucks a month. Great way to support the channel if you would like to do that. So uh, again, two bucks and a big thank you from Michael and myself to everyone that's jumped on. Love seeing all that green and especially all those cool emotes that Remus has come up for us. So um, let's uh, close it up. Last call. The last call for marbles. Ten. I won't do the full countdown. Here, I'll get in a couple notes here before we before we go. Do it. Um, a couple things that we have to get. Oh yeah, tribute videos tonight. I mean, you have a line. Are they doing three separate ones? Line A, Rolsevic and Pascal Vincent, who's the assistant coach for Columbus. I mean, great how, or, question. Or I don't one, know how you don't do one specifically for Patrick. Mm -hmm. Is Rolsevic, I mean, the amount of highlights that thing could be ten minutes long if they really wanted to get through the line A highlights over the course of the time. But um, you know, certainly Pascal will be mentioned. I don't think there's any doubt about mm -hmm. that, and um, and Jack will as well. But I mean. Line is a bit of a showstopper. I think the focus will be on him, but um, but you are right. I mean, that is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Should have asked Balls about that, see what they were planning, we should, although I know yeah. he wouldn't have told me. No, he's not going to reveal. So I'm curious, I mean, each commercial break, I mean, I've never, I don't know if there's ever been uh, a three-tribute uh, night. Oh, I see what the email from Robert Paul. Um, he's thrilled, so I'll forward his email. Awesome, Robert. Yeah, I'll hit you up after the show. We'll make sure that we can uh, get mm -hmm. those tickets to you. Congratulations again. Yeah, um, um, and then, hold on, some other, we got the three tribute, a couple other things. 
Uh, we're kind of done with the Jets. I was going to say Triple H announcing today, never wrestling again. Uh, I guess he had heart surgery. He's pretty 52 years old. I just um, love the fact that he broke the news with Stephen A. on first take today. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it today, but if I'd known Triple H was going on first take, I would have definitely, definitely tuned in. I mean, Triple Although, H... What a, what's the percentage of wrestlers that are quote done and never wrestling again that actually never wrestle again 10 percent? yeah it's pretty pretty low but it sounds like he's got serious health yeah, no. health issues um so we'll see about that i wanted to mention this to you hustler i don't know if you saw this arash madani tweeted earlier today that FanDuel will no longer be operating daily fantasy in ontario i guess because of legalization of gambling there and they're including what? daily fantasy yes yes so i want to i i will if this happens here i'm going i'm going to protest i will be honking my horn in front of whatever building needs to be honked in front of that is a disgrace i should be pull, able to allow, pull play. up a nice little white honda it's not quite a truck but uh, yeah. be there and just honk i will honk all day I, and all night I will legalize DFS in Canada. <laughs> Here, check. I'll bring it up right now. I will bring it up. If this happens in Manitoba and I can't play, we can't do our DraftKings contest, I will be livid. Livid. Uh, he says, major news on Daily Fantasy on Ontario. Those who dabble, you won't be pleased. With April 4, that's closing in. Changes are plenty. FanDuel updated their website and, and includes this. So uh, this is insane. I will be starting. So I will be getting involved. And turning, getting this that overturned. Is, that is bizarre. Well, the, yeah. uh, the the DFS convoy is getting ready to be loaded up and led by one Michael Remus, the angry yeah. CTO. And, uh, uh, but this makes absolutely no sense. I mean, why, as things are opening up and they're legalizing gambling, I mean, the... the, the, the it's, not, it's game of skill, not gambling. Well, yeah, everyone knows. Well, listen, so is sports betting, I mean, to be honest. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's legal. Like, why the hell would it be illegal Oh yeah, we're gonna open up gambling, so we're canning DFS. I don't know. It that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Who do they I need to complain to? Yes. Who are we getting mad at here? Who do I send angry emails to? I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe um, uh, feedback at fanduel.com. Why don't you start there? No. Maybe a nice eight paragraph angry letter. Now this is um, this is an Ontario issue, but I like to play, you know, free games against my friends who live in Ontario. So I'm keeping a very, whoa, keeping an whoa, eye whoa, on whoa. this. Could this potentially screw up the Kate's DK Eliminator pool? It, it could. I think it, that's what I'm worried about. So you may have to be the new commissioner and run it yourself if Zach's out there is not able I'm, to do it. Yes, that Hustler is talking about our home league. That is a weekly league on DraftKings. So that is something, this is something that we're going to be keeping an eye on here. Absolutely <laughs> disgusted. You know what? We'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get somebody on the show to talk about that and the changes, what's happening in Ontario that isn't happening here yet and whatnot. I will tell you, as I hit the cool bet lines earlier, if you want to play a cool bet, they'll be doing a thing, a little different database in Ontario is in the rest of the country, but it's business as usual, still the great customer service, still the most transparent book around and still giving you a 100% bonus on your first deposit with the promo code WST if you have not played there before. Um, how are we looking for marbles? Yeah, we're looking good. I wanted, was trying to think if there's something else I wanted to bring up. I think that was, that was really... Oh, was, I was going to say, 
We do have a very good clip on our Instagram reels or TikTok today. Links in the description. The, the conversations that I had with the editor about editing this one. It was like, okay, can you... I want to have it paused on the guy blowing the fart in the girl's face and Hustler, his picture <laughs> over top. Okay, now I want... We can't just have the fart blowing shown once. We need it shown multiple times in this video. Um, I want... <laughs> I want the fart replayed in slow motion for 10 seconds. Uh, the, the conversations involved putting together this video were hilarious. So check out our, our Instagram, our Instagram reel from today and our TikTok. And give yeah, us throw a, a comment on there, folks. Help us out. Go on to our Instagram yeah. and um, just lay a comment in that post with the... Uh, reliving the hilarity of the infamous cupcake yeah. fart speaking of which i think miller time said cupcake fart guy should absolutely be in the marble oh, race today. Uh, too late too late you oh, okay add him in well i mean i don't know if it's not too much of a pain in the ass sure but okay, it's not, we'll be, no big deal okay uh yeah so check that out we did close in on a big milestone this week at 2000 instagram followers i'm working on that one for a while and tiktok we're closing in on a thousand i've only been posting regularly on there for like almost two months so when um, we get to when we get to 2500 on TikTok, I will do some sort of a Juju Smith-Schuster Jackson Mahomes type. Yeah, I okay, will. Okay, wait. What's the limit? I want to clip this. 25 when we get to 2500 on TikTok. Followers? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be like in a couple months. Yeah, well, as I said. So a leave. lot of time I'll, to learn. You got to pick well, up your maybe, favorite maybe, Juju. Maybe me throwing the gauntlet down like that will get people subscribing right away. But uh, yes, there will be, I will do a TikTok dance celebrating 2,500 on TikTok. Well, that's not even that, that many. That's and not then 5,000, when we get to 5,000, Remus has to do it. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. I will <laughs> learn, fine. I'll pick like a dance or whatever. <laughs> Fine, five thousand. Okay, there we oh, go. Geez. I I will I will take the first plunge. Twenty five hundred. I'll do it, and then we'll get one for Remus once we get to five thousand. That might be a little all, but okay. a great reason to sub to whatever. Follow us on TikTok. However yeah, that works. We're on TikTok. Yeah, and go from there. Okay, so all right, let's do some marbles. Who, okay, who what am I putting in? Sorry, I got the cup of fart cupcake. guy. Cupcake guy. Cupcake fart. Cupcake cup of fart, fart guy. guy. Tyreek Hill. Does Tyreek Hill go in there? Or... <laughs> He's out. He's out. <laughs> okay, Tyreek Hill. Not and uh, maybe um, anyone else we need to put in. Well, let's put in birthday boy Ken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ken Weave. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there. And uh, and you know what? Let's put in Ziff. He was on with us today. Ziff. So we'll put in Nick Ziff. Sure, Ziff. Ziff's going. We want Patrick Laine or no? He's, no, he's you know, no, you know what? John Herdman. For a Canada soccer team. John Herdman. Okay. John Herdman's got a marble as well. Now, if uh, Cupcake or Ziff or Ken or uh, John Herdman win, the winner will be the second place marble. Again, first place, the hoodie, Winnipeg Sports Talk collab with our friends at Canadian Club. And the last marble across the board will be... Uh, across the line, we'll get a DQ cake from the Nick and Nikki DQ. And again, folks, if you are a winner, make sure just uh, send us afterwards. <laughs> Jeff Cavill's Jackson Mahomes is going to be like, who is this Hus guy? I will shock people with my silky moves on TikTok oh, once I, it eventually happens. Oh, my God. Derek Schmidt says he's in. I do want to give a shout out, actually. Um, I redid our store on our website um, earlier this week or earlier this month, and we had our fir first two purchases. I guess people saw Marat. 
tweeting out the Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, zip oh, hoodie the and brand. Those are sweet. I should have worn mine today. Yeah, I have one actually too. And uh, let me give, I think Steve got one and I forget who the other one was, but I sent those out. So thank you to those guys uh, for you know, repping uh, WST merch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like we're giving away the pullovers, but we do have, and these are real popular ones. As I said, I should have worn mine, but a, uh, a zip, a zipper hoodie. Uh, with a smaller WST logo here in the zip. So uh, check those out. It's all winnipegsportstalk.com. Click on the store. Bunch of other stuff there. Appreciate everybody's support. All right, it's after three. You know what that means? Big weekend coming up, but it ain't the weekend until we drop the marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We do have a pullover hoodie for first place. We've got a DQ cake for last place. And again, it's the last marble that actually crosses, finishes the race as opposed to getting bounced over the top rope like Remo taking care of spammers in the chat. Yeah, everyone in the chat's been pretty good lately, too. It's been so awesome. I'm, so I love this uh, community we have chatting with everyone every day. Even I was worried. I remember after the Chicago Jets loss earlier this month, on the Monday, it was the last month, where it was really, people were really down about the team and the playoff chances, and we're like, where is everyone? And after, I guess, the you know, they play... You forget about last night's game. We're already expecting a win uh, tonight. Now we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll see well, how we'll see how. It I goes. don't know if I'm expecting a win, but uh, I'm expecting there. a great Friday night, and I'm looking forward to getting out of the house again and getting down mm. to the uh, getting down to the rink after laying low all week. So uh, it should be fun. But uh, as I said, the weekend's not officially on until the marbles go down on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Mm. What uh, what what um, course are we doing today? Well, here let's hit the theme music. Then I'll bring I'll bring exactly. It in. You know what, Tristan Rivers. Let's All right, we're just about ready to go. Remus, before you before you start this, I do want to give a big thanks to our guy, Josh, Josh Fatsnault, who has been putting together WST Marble Race standings. Three points for a win, two points for second, one place for third. We have a new leader. It is Rob Mahoney, who is on top. Rob has a win and two seconds and is now in first with seven. Uh, Greg Miesener, I believe that's Greg M., has won one and one. He's at six. Eric Shorlison and Doug Zapp are both have five points with a win. BA Split, Jet Oil Tom, Frosty Winnipeg have four. Jeff Kabilis has four, except he doesn't have a win yet. He has two second places. Paper Ninja, Colin Jensen, and a host of others with just one single win. So we'll see whether someone can make a big move in the standings. But right now, it's Friday afternoon. It's time to drop the marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's go, Reem. Okay, this is Marbles Diner, whatever that means. Marbles Ooh. Diner. I don't know what this is, but uh, it's looking pretty, pretty funky. It, this is a, uh, it is a packed marble race today. Devin and Krug's looking good right out the gate early. Jeremy Nickerson's got a nice start here. Stephen Book, we see. Oh, this is a cool one. 
Oh, like the we're in diner. Night, this is like a nightclub here, not a diner. Look at those lights. Oh my God, what is going on? Jeremy Nickerson, Stephen Book, Andrew Haleko out in front right okay. now. So they're going this, some race here. They're going down. Very this. nice start. We've had a few guys going Usain Bolt right out of the gate. Jeremy Nickerson and Stephen Book. In some ways, it's almost like a two horse race, although you never know if they're going to get stalled at some point here as we uh, get into the uh, the mix but yes steven and jeremy way ahead of the rest of the crowd right now although it does seem like they've slowed down a little bit but uh, no one else really seems like they're even down into this next uh next stretch could yeah, it be just basically two well we'll still be waiting to see who the final marble is across for the uh, for the dq cake but right now it's steven book it's jeremy nickerson they are neck and neck and basically going head-to-head -head in a two-horse race with everyone else left in the dust. Mitch WHT in third right now, but way, way behind. I guess there's always potential for some sort of elimination, but right now it looks like it's Jeremy and Steven. Um, things are slowing down a little bit, but Steven seems to be making a little bit more progress over a jump. He's into the final stretch, it looks like, but Jeremy's now right behind him. No one catching up. This is, I've never seen a marble race like this where two individuals have been so far ahead of everybody else. Now there's some sort of a wheel here. He got through and it's going to be Stephen Book. Stephen, just a workmanlike, a workmanlike victory moving past everybody with relative ease. Um, listen, congratulations to both Stephen and Jeremy. They were no match for the rest of the crew. Now it's going to get interesting, though, because the rest of the group... Well, look at Greg Hasby getting a top 10 place. Nicely done. Greg's in at seven. Derek Hooner was third. Dallas Paul's fourth. Nice work, Dallas. Eric Bayer, fifth. Coco Hebert, sixth. Greg Hasby, seventh. Zach C. Oh, the WST Hollywood Olio Gremlin in at nine. And Braden Fleming as the top 10. So now the goal is to be last. Um, everyone's rolling in. Looks like exclamation mark marbles is sort of near the end. I see Bardot, Mike Lay. Who else is in here? Lynn Reimer. Hi, Lynn. Always appreciate Lynn's comments in the chat. James Barnaby, hockey guy Jeff's in. Looks like exclamation mark marbles is trying to hang around. Uh-oh, the fire's coming, though. There could be some, you don't want to be too slow because you're going to get burnt if the fire burns up the course. I see Nicole J. Uh-oh, the fire's coming. Will it burn anybody? Val got burnt. Yep, we've got burning. Tristan Rivers music, I think, was the last one through. Everyone else got burned. Remus, let's check the final results. I'm pretty sure it's the, it's Tristan that got it done if my eyes did not deceive me. I think it's Tristan here. Everyone got in. It looked like exclamation mark marbles was going to take it, but the fire out of nowhere, burning not, up everyone. Not burnt. You, know, you can't so, be too slow. Who's, who's Remo's Twitter? Who's, who's that in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> and there's shout out to I am Farticus at 121. He almost won the tickets earlier. We didn't mention the name. I was hoping that name didn't win the tickets, but uh, I would have loved that. If actually. we had to announce. I am Farticus. You're going to the Jets game. That would have been, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good luck. 
It would have been a perfect way to end this week considering the way it started on Sunday night. Yeah, there it is. 330.382 Tristan Rivers Music. I don't know if there's ever been a more worthy winner of anything on Winnipeg Sports Talk considering the gift that he gave to us and all of our listeners with the Marble Race theme song. But uh, there you go, folks. Um, So uh, the winner again, uh, Remo, back up to the top. Stephen Book was the winner. Steven, congratulations. Steven, uh, just send an email in quickly to winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Let us know what size you are in a hoodie as well. I'll send one back to you. And by the way, if you, um, I know Justin Fung, um, the winner last week, there's a few folks. Frosty is looking to get uh, pick up hoodies tomorrow afternoon, Friday night game. So not too early, but I'm thinking maybe between like 12 and two, I'll probably hang around. Might be a good time to pick up if you can do it. Um, as I said, if you've already been contacted, just send me an email if tomorrow works for you. And Steven, send me an email if tomorrow works for you. I'll have that ready for you. And in the meantime, uh, Tristan, congratulations. And uh, we'll get you set up with that DQ cake. Uh, awesome weekend, Reem. And I do want to thank everyone right from the get-go on uh, our early start on trade deadline day. This has been one of the biggest weeks in Winnipeg Sports Talk history with some massive, massive numbers, record downloads on the podcast, and uh, great, great crowds here in, in on the YouTube stream, even after a depressing game like last night heading into the weekend. Yeah, I agree with you. Started off with the trade deadline, and we had, um, you know, most people in chat we've had for a while. And as we, as you said, downloads, downloads. We had a record day earlier this week. Um, you know, we, we had the big article with uh, Jeff Hamilton in the Free Press, and I, I know a lot of people saw that and have emailed us how they can start listening. So this is awesome. Uh, you know, it's great seeing everyone here. Very disappointing about how the jet season is going, especially after last night's game. But, um, you know, talking sports and chatting with everyone, even the people on the podcast uh, who listen to, I know there's a, there's a lot of podcast uh, people who aren't on YouTube every day, but this is uh, so awesome. So thank you, everyone. Uh, supporting and liking subscribing following on all the social medias it's great thank you yeah speaking of supporting if you do want to uh be a, a member of the channel it's two bucks a month thanks to everyone that's done that so far and if you do want to support us a fun way to do that we would love to win this award wnla.ca winnipeg nightlife awards pop in Give your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk a vote uh, in the best radio station slash podcast category. Um, and while you're there, hit up Little Brown Jug and uh, throw one for Nick Ziff over at Nicolino's as well. Lots of great categories. That's going to do it for us, gang. Maybe we'll see you at the game tonight. Congratulations again to all of our winners. Um, and a big thanks to the uh, sponsors that make this happen. BP, of course, you can pop down and see Crystal and the gang before the game tonight. Little Brown Jug as well. Great spot before and after the game. Princess Auto, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Not Auto Corp, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, F Apparel, Cool Bet Canada, and a special thanks to Canadian Club. Enjoy a couple CCs this weekend, folks for not only supporting our hoodies, but also the tickets that our uh, winner won earlier today. All right, we got to get these podcasts up so people can listen to it before the game. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll break it all down. Two more games for the Jets. Canada hopefully clinching their spot in the World Cup, and we'll talk about it on Monday at 1 o'clock here live on YouTube on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great weekend. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. 
Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.